You are listening to Trophy Horse with your hosts, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode 504. I'm your host, Tricky Mick, alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, it's Alex. Tricky, I guess you're going to be puckering up those lips because it, uh, given the, who our guest is today, I think you're, are you going to apologize? Are you going to play nice? Are you going to show the proper <laughs> respect to Hell. our our illustrious guest? Hell no. <laughs> uh, Yield is going to be coming in later. But our guest, the the one that thinks Alex needs th- thinks I need to pucker up to, he is my trophy biatch. It's Resident Daryl. What up, everybody? Uh, thank you so much, uh, King of Exceptions. I appreciate you having exceptions. me on the show. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> I started listening to a couple episodes of the Loop Bros because you know I had nothing better to do with my life, <laughs> and uh, Daryl and Kalai and Joe and. JT, they all like to talk smack, and uh, even uh, Game Squat threw out some uh, a serious accusation there, Daryl. And I, I hope you uh, set the record straight. Knowing you, you probably didn't. <laughs> Game no. Squat apparently thinks for some reason that I had my wife getting me trophies yeah, in the last does. trophy war. <laughs> I didn't I, stop I, that either. I just let it fester. I let it go. Yeah, and you need to correct that, sir, what? because nobody's earned a trophy on my account except for me. You cannot say the same, Mister uh, Goat Simulator. I, I, th- I thought for just one second. I was like, you know what? I might need to correct it. And then I remembered a certain somebody who, when I told their wife, I said, "Tell her I said hello." His response was, "Hey, wife." Daryl said, "Shut up." And I'm like, "That's not what I said at all." As a matter of fact, every time I try to say something nice to the goddess, you go behind and say I did something wrong or something foul, something completely out of character for me. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna let this go. As a matter of fact, anyone who listens to the Loot Bros, I'm sure they all believe now that your wife gets your trophies for you to, to be fair daryl i don't do that just to you i do that to literally everybody including <laughs> Alex and Yield. oh yeah but. you'll say the nicest thing and be like hey tricky can you relay this message because god is isn't on the ear the ear uh, the headphones and then he says the most rank raunchy terrible yeah. thing he can at the moment <laughs> like like what the, in my house we do not tell anyone to shut up that's just like that's just not how we talk you know now, I'm not I'm not saying that like we're the type that's oh my gosh don't say shut up that's a cuss word but like that's just there's just certain things that are just disrespectful to people we don't I don't you don't you don't call each other stupid you might say that what you did was stupid or what you did was dumb but like you do not tell people to shut up and, and he'll be like hey God as Daryl said shut up I'm like I didn't say that why would you why would you tell her I said that. Well, to be fair, I say Daryl said shut the fuck up. But. Well, let's see. I wasn't going to go there either. But you see, you make well, it see, so so raunchy and so vile. Well, I mean, I think it's rude that you're playing video games as we're recording right now. I mean, it's not it's not like an episode of Loot Brothers. We, you know, we're professionals over here. Hey, speaking of professionals, I just popped a trophy. <laughs> All right, you know, give me a dubstep thing and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. without the, without the start of it because that will just piss off our <laughs> listeners. 
Uh, but all right. So speaking of trophies, let's do our update trophy count. Uh, Daryl, I'm going to let you start because you know the best has to go last. Well, I uh, I just want everyone to know I invited Tricky onto my show, the Loot Bros Podcast, this week, and he told me he was going to be there. And so what I did was I went ahead and caught up to him, technically according to PSN profiles, past him in platinums, and then he bails. So I'm just sitting here with a big fat whopping um, fifteen thousand nineteen trophies uh, with. 351 Platinums, putting me at a level uh, 663. And uh, a homeboy just leaves me hanging and then spends his day popping <laughs> Platinums so that he can invite me on his show and then come out with more Platinums. Uh, so just, Alex, I want you for the record to notice that Daryl only has 351 Platinums, just so you know we're, we have a baseline here. So when Daryl, when I explain how many trophies Platinums I have, you can understand the day that I had. <laughs> Sid is level 530, total trophies of 10,843 with 193 Platinums. Yield, who, like I said, is coming later in the show, had, is level 464, total trophies of 8,201 with 143 Platinums. Alex, what about you, sir? Oh, my phone just went dark on me. Hold on. Uh, level 452 with a total trophy count of 7,723 and a platinum count of 119 in 118 games. All right. And I am Tr- level, Tricky, I love that uh, uh, you have to spend your entire Saturday to try to get ahead of Daryl, even during <laughs> while Daryl is, you know, playing games with his kids and studying, doing schoolwork. Yep. And, and, uh, yeah. and go and go to church, by the way. Yeah. yeah what, what, have you, what, have, what have you been doing, Tricky? You've been sitting there <laughs> pumping out platinums left and right, and he's still catching you. Uh, he ain't catching me no more because I am level six hundred seventy four. Total trophies of sixteen thousand two hundred four with a plat count of three hundred and sixty three. Yes, that's twelve <laughs> platinums ahead of Daryl. <laughs> I can't believe you. <laughs> and I spent my day with a toothpick in my controller, uh, getting. Uh, six of those platinums. Honestly, Good with how much God. work he's had to do lately, I'm surprised that I mean you should be up like by fifty platinums. I'm kind of embarrassed for you, Tricky. <laughs> you well, know, I, I was up. He, I was up by nineteen until he caught me last night. I've been I've been playing legit games. I've been playing Saints Row. I've been playing Undertale. I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima. I've been playing some legit games. You've but, been playing you know, Alan Wake. You forgot to mention that game. Yeah. <laughs> the amazing uh, game. No, we can we can forget about that game. Oh gosh. Uh but I, I was I was taking it easy on the spam and then Daryl, you know, tells me this morning as I call him and he goes, uh, just so you know, uh, we're tied in platinums. <laughs> but I'm a, I'm ahead if you look at PSN profiles. Oh well, see, I always use PSN profiles and I forget that you uh got some dings on your record and you have some hidden trophies. Yes, uh, and so uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was like basing it off that, and I was like, "Well, I'll just pass him by like two or three. He'll he'll come <laughs> on the show. I'll rub it in his face that I passed him, and then we'll be good." And then as I'm messaging you just after the fact, I like was comparing our trophies to see what you've played recently. I was like, "Oh man, we're tied at three fifty one because you uh, you have some hidden." So I was like, right, "Oh well, three is still fine," but. Now, what I wanted to do was because I had formally um, accepted your challenge, was to have you which us come I, which on. Which I haven't heard yet because I don't listen to a, a, 
Uh, such a shitty show. Uh, he, yeah, well, yeah. He he was listening to the show, everybody, and then he got his feelings hurt because we brought up how many exceptions he needs to participate in every event. No, to to be fair, and I explained this to Daryl, <laughs> when it comes to events, I look for the easiest way to win. Like, I... I, I take the rules and I, I skirt the lines, but I stay within the rules, unlike what Corey or Daryl or JT or Kalai or Joe would like to say that, you know, I, tr- I try to cheat the rules. Uh, I mean, I. He tries I to cheat the rules. Of- somebody somebody cut that out of the audio and put it somewhere. <laughs> I, I, I have a negative three on my account that I should not have, but, you know, we'll leave it at that. Somebody was supposed to take care of that, and uh, I guarantee you he hasn't talked to. Uh, the, the lady superior yet about it because he totally forgot about it. Again, I just think it's hilarious that, you know, like even with your PSN profiles, there's exceptions that need to be made. Well, listen, <laughs> PSNprofiles.com is a bunch of bitches because they want to say that I cheated on two uh, platinums, which I did not. But, you know, to stay with the competitive, because actually uh, I was asked by, was I think it was by Gareth, he asked me to be a part of the next competition. And I told him I'm not allowed to because part of the requirements for the, the the little contest is that you had to be on the leaderboards, and I'm not on their leaderboards. Yep. So I couldn't compete. Yep. <clears throat> so. <sighs> yeah, always, I'm just saying, you know, the jury is out. They can make their own decision. It sounds I, like I, I like how the jury's out, but <laughs> nobody's asked me for my defense. I, mean, I just get accused, and then it goes to the jury. There's, It's like the prosecutor gets to say what the hell he wants, and the defense is like, nope, we're not going to hear you. We're just going to go straight to the jury. I mean, yeah. And I, I also like, uh, I'm, call, I'm calling Joe out here. Uh, Joe and Levi, I'm calling you both out right now because if you want to be big men and keyboard warriors on the Facebook groups, maybe you should tag somebody so they can see it and not let it fester for a while and then go, oh, see, he doesn't even respond. Oh, snap. Call it out. So you want you want to be a big man on the Internet, have the balls to, to tag somebody in it. Balls. Okay. And just for the record, Alan Wake is a shitty ass game. That game is great, dude. That that is you trying so desperately hard to not like it. Oh, uh, Daryl, I swear I, on anything. I listened okay, to I that s- show and I was just I like, swear of course, on anything. You don't want to like the game. That's the problem. You 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 went into it. No, say you had your mind made up. There's, well, I mean, th- that's a fair thing to say, but I legit do not like that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right, hold on, hold on. Uh, this is something I brought up. Because Daryl made a, a thread on the Trophy Horse page about this. Uh, uh, about Kratos and Alan Wake are not the same. You cannot compare the two characters. Wait, wait, what? You can't? <laughs> why not? Because one, Kratos is pissed off and is angry and is addicted to everybody. But you know why he's addicted to everybody? Oh, you mean because he There's murdered never his family? Yeah, he wasn't getting he was more strict, of a He was strict that. into murdering his family and then wasn't given what he was promised. Alan Wake has no backstory of why he's a straight-up dick to his wife, who legit set out for a family vacation. I'm he's, spoiled. He's under tremendous stress to get the. And, and Bull, then he no, thought no, she no. was trying to Bullshit. get him. Bullshit. They were on vacation. Bullshit. And he Bullshit. That she she was trying put to get him. him to again she brought she him on vacation, and then said, "Oh, honey, this isn't actually a vacation. This is for you to write your new, next book. Get to work, goddammit. <laughs> and he snapped on her. Oh, God, dog. Okay? So let's be real here. And we talk about Alan Wake being a dick. I mean, ah, there might be a bigger one in this room. Hey, 
I admit I'm a dick. No, no, but you, <laughs> but can't, you, you can't. But at least you know and, my backstory. Look, you can't sit here and say that God of War, what was it, 2017 or whatever, when that game came out? 18. 18. You can't say that you talk about all the character development in that game and then shut out and wake when the relationship between Kratos and Atreus was so terribly done. Like, I'm like, there was not enough. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Hold on a second. There was not enough development between those two characters to make me actually believe that they were a team, let alone father and son. He would just chuck out some little. um, He would reprimand him a little there or throw out some cutting comment, and that was all you got. You're telling me that you weren't emotionally. No, uh, I was not. Hold on. Let me finish my statement. You asked me, and I said no. No, you're going to tell me in, in, that, in that was stop talking and let me talk. You cannot talk over me to try to prove we your are points equal members of this points. podcast. We equally edit. <laughs> Listen, you're you're not going to tell me at that moment where you. Atreus actually shot the deer and Kratos went to put his hand on Atreus's back and stopped short because he didn't know how to comfort him. And then towards the end of the game, he was fully comforted and was a father figure. The, the start of that game, he didn't know how to be a father. And by the end of that game, he was a father figure. You can't just have there, a cinematic there, at the that's end a of the game. That is extreme character development you, in no, that game. No, you cannot have every like moment, every small moment in the gameplay of the game leading up where Kratos seems so ambivalent towards Atreus and then throw out one scene at the end where, it's, where he's all like, oh, now I'm a dad. No, you can't just all of a sudden flip the switch like that, which is exactly what they try to do. Bullshit, Daryl! Don't don't be quiet on this, and I know don't troll me. You're gonna. T- <laughs> I mean, I I gotta I gotta side with Tricky on this one. I thought that the character development was great, and I thought that that was one of the best stories told in that time. Um, <clears throat> I love that game. I think it was very masterfully well done. Uh, but that's just my opinion. All right, let's move on to what we're playing, Daryl. Since you are currently playing games, what are you playing? Uh, Saints Row 4, um, re-elected. I've already beat the game. I'm doing my trophy cleanup. I've been trying to save my platinum and a couple of the more rare trophies for these different events that I'm a part of. I'm in multiple uh, trophy competitions across multiple websites. And, you know, that's exactly what you need to do when you decide to go back to school is to bog yourself down with, like, trophy hunting. But it's been kind of my release. It's like I, I, I work all week long. I do my schoolwork. I do my study stuff. And then I'm like, all right, time to treat myself to um, some gaming. I got to hunt some trophies. I got to you know check my little boxes or whatever. And so I've been kind of staging my, my platinums and my bigger points for as these uh, week in, week out, uh, week in and week out as things get more difficult. So, uh, so right now I'm knocking out uh, Saints Row Four, and I've been playing the fool out of Wreckfest with my kids. If you haven't played Wreckfest, dude, treat, do yourself a favor, play it. I think we got it for PS Plus. It's on PS Now. Like it is a destruction derby game. It's got some racing. It's got other things in it, but it is a blast. The cars control great. It's a lot of fun. Uh, me and my three kids have been wrecking cars on and off for the past few hours and just laughing having the best time. And we had so much fun. We went online and bought all the DLC. We bought the, um, we didn't buy all of it. We bought what we liked and we bought one of the season passes that came with a bunch of cars and, and it's a lot of fun. We, we just having a good time. So everything outside of that, it's, you know, not worth talking about. Uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> 
Alex, what have you been playing, sir? Well, ever since I got my Platinum Trophy in Medieval, haven't been really doing any trophy hunting. I actually got into this uh, jumping down the rabbit's hole on YouTube and watching all these Mega Man ranking videos, you know, like, oh, the best robot masters, the best robot master weapons, the best stages, the best themes. So I've been just down that rabbit hole so much, I decided to go back and play some old school Mega Man. So this past week, I played and beat Mega Man 3, and then I'm currently playing through Wily's Castle of Mega Man 4. I skipped 1 and 2 because I... Those those games have not held up that well. Uh, whereas Mega Man and three four and four is the best Mega fantastic. Man ever made. Four is the best Mega Man ever made. Just so, it uh, is not. Knows. Mega Man three is better. Well, actually, Mega Man bullshit. X is the best Mega Man game ever made. But of the, the oh, classic bullshit. NES Mega Man, Mega Man uh, three is the best. It it goes four X and then maybe three. I think Mega Mind is better. <laughs> you just had to do well, that, well, did you? It, it just depends on what you want. If you want trophies, then absolutely. Because if you're playing That's Mega a, Man that, games for trophies, you're insane. No, that that was a shout out to his vice president Donnie. <laughs> All right, what else you played there, Alex? We did uh, some Rocket League Thursday on Yield's birthday actually last week, and uh, we crushed it. We went out there, we represented the Brothers of Destruction well. I don't know if we were seven and one, eight and one, but I know we lost one game, one probably seven, eight, nine games. So we kicked ass out there for Yield's birthday. Had to give him a good birthday present, and that birthday present was a kick ass night of Rocket League. Uh, know what I'm saying, Tricky? You want to know, know your actual record? Sure. Uh, it was ten and two. Oh, ten and two. All right. Well, ten I don't know where we lost that two. other game, but uh, well, I'm looking at Yield's thing, so maybe Yield played the game without you. I don't know. Uh, what have I been playing? I've been playing a lot of uh rat plats, especially <laughs> today. Uh, I can't even pronounce the names. <laughs> no, of you can't. One of them. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm working on PSN profiles right now because my phone is charging in the other room. Uh, bringing it up because I was late. Uh, I got the platinum in Ball Lab six times. You did uh, that six times? Six times. Play yeah, it. Lord. Uh, Zippy the Circle levels 1, 11, 12, and 13, the EU version. A game that I cannot pronounce. Uh, I got the Pig D. Uh, four times. Uh, I played uh, <laughs> hey, Catch the Tricky, Ball. Explain how. Explain that one. Explain the gameplay of the Pig D. Do I really need to? I mean, I, I'm sure Alex doesn't know what what the depths of what you're doing right now. <laughs> I wouldn't touch that uh, game with a ten foot pole. The Tricky's holding. Okay, so Alex, you 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 know how that to get the platinum in, in uh, My Name Is Mayo, right? Yeah, you gotta you sit there to... and tap a button until your finger falls off or something. In, for ten thousand times, yes. Uh, the pig D literally, uh, you start the game and you hold R one for about three two minutes. Three minutes. <laughs> three minutes, and you get a platinum. Uh, this is. This is I want you to sit back and reflect. This is this is how you're spending your Sunday. This is how no, I, I no see because literally what I did was I. I started the game. I stuck a toothpick in my controller and walked away, smoked a cigarette, came back, switched the game, did it again, finished the, went back, finished the cigarette, came back, did it again. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, hold and on, hold he on. Says, he says that no one gets his trophies for him. They get them themselves. He doesn't yeah. even do it. I don't need, I don't, dude, I don't dude, need anybody to get them. the toothpick has more trophies in the last yeah. how long than you have. <laughs> the toothpick earned more trophies than you did today. The, to- the toothpick did earn a majority of my trophies. We today. need to have a separate trophy list: Tricky's trophy list, and then the toothpick's trophy list. 
Oh my gosh, uh, you should make a profile specifically for your toothpick and only platinum <laughs> games that the toothpick can do by itself. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna name the account Tricky's Toothpick. <laughs> All right, well, uh, Tricky, since we've established you don't earn your own trophies. Uh yeah, uh, I got the platinum in uh, Poker Pretty Girls Battle Texas Hold'em, uh, Poker Pretty Girls Battle Fantasy World Edition. Uh, I beat Saints Row the Third. I'm playing Saints Row the Four. Uh, I'm sure the people, the playing- good folks at Volition, really appreciate you throwing their their game out there with all these <laughs> other crappy games. Uh, yeah, I played well, Pretty Girls, Mud Wrestling, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 7, and 20, and I also played Saints Row. Here's a, here's a funny story. Uh, as anybody that's in our Facebook group knows, uh, there was some news coming out of Volition recently, and ironically, right after that news was posted in the Facebook group by me, I received an email from PlayStation saying, hey, this game's been delayed. Uh, we're canceling your pre-order and refunding your money. And I had no desire to re-pre-order the game. So. Uh, Loot Hero DX Crisis Wing, which I thought was going to be easy, but uh, it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, Crisis, dying. Crisis Wing gets a little difficult, but Loot Hero DX is actually like one of the spam games that are really, really good. That's a good guess. It's easy, uh, but it's, it's cool. ZJ the Bull, level four. I've heard that name, that game's name, way too many times. Like the last three or four shows in a row, I've heard that game's name. Well, I got the I got the American Stack this, during Extra Life. I got the is, EU Stack. This now. is the best advertising that game has ever gotten. Thanks to Trick. And uh, also, I got one one eyed Lee at the dinner party. Oh my god, I which, can't escape that game either. Every fucking week, uh, it's like one eyed Lee and the. Magical unicorn dinner, or whatever, however that sentence ended. And uh, angels with scaly wings, which I just uh, got the Hong Kong stack. So I'll be doing that sometime this week. I hope you're proud of yourself, sir. I am, because I have. Let's see, today's the twelfth, so that means I have uh, 19 days to to get all the spam out of my system before me and Daryl <laughs> go legit for a year. <laughs> uh, I, I just got sent some review codes for more spam. So, like, I'm like, oh, gosh, I got to get rid of all this. Here's the problem. You know, like, I got 19 days, but it takes 19 minutes to get most of these platforms. I can probably get them all in 19 minutes. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, let's get back to the actual quality of the show. <laughs> Uh, let's get the into sad thing is, is that probably is the quality of the show or the one Alan Wake mission we got in earlier. Uh, we haven't done an ad on the show in a while, so Daryl, I'm going to give you an option: one, two, three, or four. Number two. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to join our PlayStation Four communities. We have one for the site called Proven Gamer. We have one for the show called Trophy Horse. And remember, horse is spelled with two V's because. Shuhei and Sony's policies won't allow us to say whores on the network. And when you get a shiny new platinum, you can come over to my community, which is the Platinum Guild. We might actually have to replace that ad. Yep. I don't think because communities aren't a anymore. thing anymore. I, the last time that ad was in the show, I just cut it out, I think. Uh, because Okay. <laughs> it, it, okay. Then Alex, uh, yield. Uh, uh, yield. <laughs> I can't even take Daryl, one, two, or three. Let's do number one. <laughs> 
This portion of the show is brought to you by Amazon. If you could and would, please stop by Proven Gamer first and click on any Amazon link and continue with your normal shopping. It doesn't cost you anything extra and helps out the site tremendously. All right, let's get into it. So we have a couple topics uh, that are not Game Awards related. Uh, the first one is this basically a big uh, FU, I told you so, mofos. Uh, coming from IGN, written by Joe Scribbles, which is a made-up name. Uh, which is, but what's not made up is me predicting this a year ago. PUBG Battlegrounds is going free to play. Well, you'll if, you'll bury uh, the lead as many ways as you can with all that verbal diarrhea you just spit. No, out there. because I, I, I'm saying this over and over again. I told you so, motherfuckers. Because and when I said this, everybody's like, "Oh, PUBG's never going free to play. He's never going free to play." Well. What I say? It was going free to play. Announced at the Game Awards 2021, from January 12th, the game will feature two tiers. A free base account that offers access to most of the game features, and a Battlegrounds, Pl- Battlegrounds Plus, which offers more, including a ranked mode, a one-time $12.99 fee, and those who have paid for the game previously will automatically be a part of the Battleground Plus. The full list of Battleground Plus benefits are bonus 1300 G-Coins, Survival Masters XP, plus 100% boost, Career uh, metal tab, a ranked mode, custom match functionality, in-game items including the captain's camo set, which includes a hat, camo mask, and camo gloves. Uh, those who upgraded to plus, ha- those upgraded to plus having bought the game before, will also receive a special commemorative pack, including the battle hardened costume skin set, the shackle and shanks legacy pan, and the battle hardened legacy name plant, P- name plate. Sorry. So, uh, I just put that on there. Don't need a conversation. I just want to say, I told you motherfuckers, don't ever doubt me again. I mean, I didn't... That game you, sucks. I didn't say that it does you're suck. wrong about that, so why do I care no, whether it's, or not you predicted it's this? It's directed at about four people that told me I was out of my fucking well, mind. Well, I, I wasn't one of them. I mean, no, the, the point still stands. You're out of your mind. It just so happens that game went free to play. It just so happens. Uh, it just so happens that PlayStation has acquired its fifth studio this year, making it a total of 17 now under the Sony, uh, the PlayStation Studios. Uh, this is coming from Taylor Lies over at IGN. PlayStation Studios head Helen Hurst announced today that Sony Interactive Entertainment has acquired independent developer Valkyrie Entertainment, making it a 17th studio under the PlayStation Studios umbrella and the fifth acquisition from the gaming giant has made in 2021 alone. Founded in 2002, Valkyrie Entertainment is a Seattle-based game developer best known for the co-development of services for several development studios. Valkyrie Entertainment's portfolio consists of assistant in the development of games such as Halo Infinite, Forza Motorsport 7, God of War, the 2018 version, and more. Most, more recently in September, the studio announced it's helping Sony, Man- Sony Santa Monica Studio with the development of Ga- God. Why can't I not speak today? God of War Ragnarok. Uh, I just want to point out, uh, of is spelled O F, not F O. Mister Taylor lies because he wrote uh, God Full War. Uh, Sounds like he's telling yeah. lies. So yeah, uh, PlayStation Studios has a seventeenth uh, studio under their banner. Daryl, yo, is Sony buying too many studios? Never. There's no such thing. They produce quality games. They got quality studios, and they keep buying people that they've been working with. So, yeah, no, and you know, it's not like oh, they're going out and buying big studio after big studio after big studio. Like I'd say that Housemark was their biggest purchase this year, as far as like 
know, like how how many people know about that studio and the number of games they put out there, but they're also making smaller purchases, making deals with you know smaller studios to put out games exclusively on PlayStation, and they're buying specific uh, studios that service other areas and not just making huge games. So, you know, for all the talk of you know, oh, Sony isn't prepared for you know new stuff as Microsoft is. Microsoft made a lot of new purchases this year, and all of that was centered around making games. Sony seems to be like you know going out and buying different fun- like studios that will perform different functions within the PlayStation Studios family. So it's not just go or PlayStation uh, Studios family. So they're not just buying big studios with big names just for the hell of it. They're actually seem to have a plan to this. Oh yeah, and I think that's awesome because if if you look at just their how strategic they've been, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Sony pony, but like. They really have stacked their deck to where they could do anything, and if at any point in time another competitor got the leg up on them, they'd be like, oh, we need to pivot into porting our games to PC day one, faster, whatever. Boom, we can do that, because we just bought a team that specializes in putting stuff on on PC. What's that? We need more support studios, because our bigger teams, or our bigger projects, are getting bogged down. We just bought all of the of the really good support studios that have a proven track record and have worked on some of the biggest games in the world. So, um, I think they've done a good job. I think they're 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 ready for anything. All right, moving on here. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection will arrive on the PlayStation 5 in January and come into PC at a later date. This is coming from IGN and is written by George Yang. Sony has announced that the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection will launch on the PlayStation 5 on January 28th and at a later date for the PC both on both Steam and Epic Games Store. The collection will include Uncharted 4 Thieves and an Uncharted Lost Legacy. Uncharted Lost Legacy Legacy of Discussion will have a variety of graphical updates, including a fidelity mode for those who want to play a game on a 4K display with a 30 frames per second target frame rate. The high frame rate patch for the PS4 versions of the game makes a return as well, which targets 60 frames per second. Players who have a compatible 120Hz display will be able to play the in performance mode performance mode, which targets at 120 frames per second at a 1080 resolution. As for the PS5 features, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection will utilize the PlayStation 5 DualSense controller, spatial 3D audio, and adaptive triggers. Additionally, the load times are apparently near instant. That's amazing. The game, the game will cost $50 physically and di- digitally. Players who have purchased Uncharted 4 Thieves and Uncharted Deluxe Legacy or the digital bundle with both games have the option to pay $10 to upgrade to the Legacy of Thieves digital version. However, there are some caveats to this collection. For starters, the release only features the single-player campaigns of both games, and the PlayStation 4 multiplayer mode is not included. That's there's also there's a there's also a promotional tie-in with the upcoming Uncharted movie between now and February 3rd. Players who purchase or upgrade to the Legacy of Thieves collection via the PlayStation Store can now receive a voucher for one ticket to see the movie starting from its release on February 18th. This offer is only available to residents in Australia, New New Zealand, the UK, and the US. So that's freaking awesome news. Like the fact that they're they're porting it over, they're putting the two games together, they're giving you all the bells and whistles of the PS5 and they're taking out the multiplayer. Which was good, but that means it's going to have another trophy list, and it's going to—it's not going to be tied up with friggin' multiplayer crap. And 
you're going to be able to see the movie for free. There you go. I'm totally doing that. I haven't played Uncharted 4 since it came out, and so I would love to revisit that. I own Lost Legacy, but have never played it, but can totally wait for the PS5 upgrade. Because the haptic feedback and stuff is just... That's my favorite part. I mean, you, <clears throat> Daryl, you've missed out by not playing Lost Legacy because I know that, uh, I mean, having an Uncharted game where you're not playing as Nathan Drake, you know, may not seem as, like, good of an idea. It may not have that that certain sizzle that Nathan Drake brings, but, uh, you know, a game featuring Nadine and Chloe, like, it was a really, really good game. I enjoyed Lost Legacy a lot, so I think that when you finally do play it, I think you will very much enjoy it because it is does still very, very feel very much like Uncharted, um, even without Drake. It doesn't miss, miss a step. I've got it. I've actually got it right here beside me. I just have I put it in and I tried to play it once and uh, it just didn't stick and it wasn't anything bad. It was just uh, I was doing other things and I'm notorious for starting games and not finishing them for years later. So what you i'd never heard that about you <laughs> so yeah i was looking at my psn profiles it says i've played a, um 1020 games now <laughs> so i'm uh and my completion rate's 49 percent. so yeah it's not very my track is not I, great but yeah i totally want to play it i played 980 games and have a 54 completion rate yeah you I, were at uh, you were under 50 before this latest little rat trash tirade you went no, on no 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 i've been i've been over 50 the entire time uh, I was looking at it. I don't know. I don't know how all you right. all live with yourselves with the completion rates that low. Uh, it, it, it used to be a problem. I, it used to be a thing. Not, I, not so I use anymore. a pillow and a weighted blanket. And I sleep just fine. <laughs> uh, who's not going to be fine if he gets here is Yield because apparently the Bengals just lost. Oh, oh, that's what yeah, happens when you wait and dodge your show for a crappy football team. Good thing he doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> uh, oh, crap. Daryl, you're supposed to be doing something. What am I? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot. I was too busy playing Dino Crisis. Hey, Daryl. You. What do you call a dinosaur wearing a cowboy hat and boots? I don't know. A pterosaurus ter- text. <laughs> Uh, how come you couldn't hear the dinosaur go to the bathroom? Uh, no, no, no. no it's how, how come you couldn't hear the pterodactyl go to the bathroom? Why not? Because the P is silent. <laughs> hey, Alex. Oh, yeah. Now I know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what do you get when you cross a dinosaur with a pig? A Jurassic pork. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> right. now, now that Alex has caught up on what we're doing here uh, Let's get into the news coming from the Game Awards uh, We're going to start off with the shittiest news announced at the Game Awards And that's Alan Wake 2 has been announced for 2023 <laughs> uh, What a turd What a freaking turd so, no, this so is- tricky. I think at least this will potentially alleviate one of the things that you had concerns about with, with the Alan Wake remaster And that's that this game is going to be made with um, modern engines, modern uh, game technology. You know, and they're not going to try to remaster an older game, a game that's more than a decade old. So it will be built within the now. So some of you are concerned with mobility of Alan Wake and the characters, like, that may be fixed. And so it may not control as poorly as the Alan Wake Remaster Collection. So that's at least one concern for the collection, the Alan Wake Remaster. So that's at least one concern that could be alleviated. 
And also, after playing through the DLCs and the game, I mean, they still have a lot of questions to answer about Alan Wake, so as someone who enjoyed the first game, I'm glad they uh, are coming out with an Alan Wake 2 to hopefully expound upon what's going on with uh, Good Sir Alan Wake. All right, coming from The Verge, written by Sam Byford. Alan Wake 2 was just announced at the Game Awards. A brief teaser trailer appears to show the protagonist in both New York City as well as the game's original Pacific Northwest setting and confirms a release date of 2023. Alan Wake 2 will also be released on the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series consoles, and the Epic Game Store. Remedy creative director Sam Lake told Jeff Keighley on stage that Alan Wake 2 will be the studio's first ever survival horror game. Yes. Contrasting with the action focus of the original Alan Wake. Lake expanded on the concept behind the project in a post on the official PlayStation blog and also tweeted uh, Alan Wake 2 confirmed. The sequel isn't coming out of nowhere. Alan Wake first came out in 2010 for the Xbox 360, but has received a lot of attention in recent years. There were references in the game in Remedy's critically acclaimed 2019 hit Control and its expansions and a remastered version that was released on multiple platforms back in October. Remedy strongly hinted at the sequel's existence by confirming to The Verge that the remaster was a smaller part of a publishing deal with Epic Games that will include two games in the same franchise. No, I mean, I I think that if they can build the game in an engine and make the movement less awkward and make the driving more comfortable where it doesn't feel as bad and then make the platforming a little better. I mean, survival horror, so, I mean, platforming may not be a huge part of it, but I think that if they can get the mobility down and make it feel more natural to walk around with Alan Wake and play as Alan Wake, I mean, could be an even better game than the original. Daryl? Yeah, I totally agree. As a survival horror fan, like, this is, like, amazing news. This was my by far my favorite announcement of... Uh, of the game awards like i enjoyed alan wake i think it's a very very interesting game i think that it's uh groundbreaking when it comes to what it was doing um the fact that you're like like levi says on the show you're playing through a stephen king novel like that is essentially what you're doing it's very awesome um i think it's a it's a cool game but and it was horror inspired but not a a survival horror game. And I think that like it's got some good creepy stuff happening in there. And I loved I mean I shouted controls praises, you know, louder than anybody. So you put these two together, this is gonna be a masterpiece. This is I mean this has all of the I'm not I got high I got high expectations. I'm day one for me, hundred percent. I will say that I know that they have had Alan Wake play in um Oh, Jesse Faden's world a little bit because Alan Wake, yep. obviously, as Tricky mentioned, was part of the DLC for Control. I don't want. I don't know if I want to see them further mash those two universes together. I don't know if Remedy's trying to make the, all their games into one universe, but I kind of want to keep them, them separate from here. How do you feel about that, Daryl? Oh no, man! I love this whole idea of the shared universe. Like the little Easter eggs here and there. Like I mean, yeah, they put uh, they put Alan Wake in the DLC of of Control. But uh, like playing through control, there's like there's references to him. There's like little notes and stuff in there about him. Um, there's even there's even something in there like uh, in um, Quantum Break, the Xbox uh, exclusive game that the Remedy did. There's stuff about Alan Wake in there, you know. And there's there's evidence in Control that that suggests that Quantum Break is in universe as well. So the idea that there this concept of putting all of these altered world events in you know in the the remedy universe i think is just it's cool 
it's I think it's there's so and then and then these guys are insane storytellers. Like the the amount of lore they put into files and stuff in their games. I mean, it is it's incredible. Like thousands of pages. So well, maybe if they took the time to actually make the game good, they wouldn't have to put so much of a story in it. You know, for someone who likes to call down the trolls, like, hey, don't troll. I don't want no trolls. I mean, you like I, you, you, listen, this you, ain't you, a troll. This you're is thirsty. just speaking the truth. This is just speaking the truth. Uh, tricky, I mean, they, the thirsty uh, troll. If, if, they, if they actually took the time to make their game control better, then control you know, controlled very well. Yeah. Yeah, that one no, was I'm talking great. About, I'm talking about Alan Wake and, and Control did not actually Look, Tricky, well. you want to talk about world met- building and stories? Let's talk about the fact in, uh, I think, all world events or altered world events, the DLC for Control. So Didn't play you it. think there's this, you know, you're tra- kind of chasing down this giant monster throughout in the, you know, this section of the facility and you have no idea what's kind of going on. And then all of a sudden you read some, uh, some lore and you find out, holy shit, this giant monster that's been mutated is Dr. Hartman from Alan Wake. Yes. That's just good shit, and it blew my fucking mind when I read that. And the cool part, right. part is, uh, like, Alex, if you don't read that stuff, you just, uh, oh, it's a monster. Oh, whatever. And that's what's so interesting, and that's why I've been saying forever that that you let Remedy do survival horror. I mean, and I'm, when I'm I'm talking like, like, like Resident Evil survival horror, where so much of the universe is already told through the files, and so much of the lore is... Is you know, corroborated through the files, like, like they're already doing it, you know, and just if they just slow down a bit and let things get a little more tense, a little more, you know, like scary. Oh, bro, this is gonna be freaking awesome. No, I just think one thing I, I want to say uh, before we move on about Alan Wake Two is, I, I assume that since it's gonna be survival horror, they, I mean, they're gonna have less um, focus on the gun. Which I can accept. Yeah. If you need to do less with the gun play, then I, I can get down with that. Just don't do less with the the, uh, the focus on light and the saving grace of light and then the flashlight itself. And, you know, like, flashbangs and all that stuff. Like, still have light be, like, the main concept that, you know, is kind of the thread but through the Alan Wake needle. Because I can deal with less gunplay, but the flashlight and the concept of light and darkness, that was really one of the most interesting aspects of Alan Wake. So keep that in Alan Wake, too. I agree. I, I, I 100% agree. And and it's uh there's there's pockets of Alan Wake where the game gets a little a little difficult and um somewhat frustrating. Like I mean I'm not saying that it's a perfect game, but uh and I played the game way after release, you know. So it, it definitely has some age on it, but it is a very very cool game with a very very cool concept and you know the fact that we're getting a sequel now, which I mean the writing has been on the wall. Remedy was able to Get the IP back from Microsoft, which is huge. You know, they've been knocking, in my opinion, they've been knocking, you know, their friggin' their games out of the park. And now they've got this stage set to where you've got all this lore, all this stuff tying you into these other games. They were able to work, you know, Alan Wake into control, a game that was a hit. So now you've got like an established a new IP that you know, calls back to an established franchise, and then coming out with this next game. Like, I mean, the the table is set for them to be successful. Like, it is their game to lose. All right. Speaking of a game losing, uh, we're gonna go into our next topic. But before we do that, Yield has gotten here. Yield, how are you, sir? I'm here. You here? I'm here. How how did uh, the Bengals do? They got beaten every time. That sucks. Yeah. Considering the way they played, the tie it was something. Oh. Uh, yield. 
Yes. I do have I do have another question for you. Okay. Uh what did the dinosaur call her blouse business? <laughs> Don't know. Triceratops. Triceratops, get it? Daryl. Yes, sir. How how do you know dinosaurs lived? I don't oh, know. Do you, oh, sorry, sorry. Hold on. I messed it up. Do you know how long dinosaurs lived? I don't know that either. Same as the short ones. Oh. <laughs> that one's actually kind of fun. That's very good to you. Uh, Alex. Oh, I'm ready. What is Throw, throw some dinosaur love my way. What is the nickname for someone who put their right hand in the mouth of a T-Rex? Ain't got no hand no more? Lefty. Wait, you did say right hand, right? Yeah, okay. yes. I got it. That was good. That was good. <laughs> uh, all right, one more before we move on. Daryl, what do you call a dinosaur with one eye? Uh, Cyclops. Eyesore. Ah. <laughs> all right. I was going to say Triceratops, but... That's pretty cool. Uh, I, that's, that'd be, I, could, I could live with that one. All right. Speaking of living, we're going to be living with a in a world that has a Wonder Woman game. Yep. This is coming from The Verge and is written by Jay Peters. Wonder Woman will be starting on her own game developed by Monolith Productions, a studio best known for Mi- Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor and Middle Earth Shadow of War. The game was announced at the Game Awards on Thursday. Monolith Production describes the game as a, quote, single-player open-world action game and will introduce a original story set in the DC universe and allow players to become Diana of Thamesera in the fight to unite her Amazon family and the humans from the modern world, end quote. It will be a third-person open-world action game and will feature the Nemesis system made popular in the Middle-Earth games that lets you build connections with friends and foes in the game. However, we don't know when the game might come out, or even a release window. Yield, you just got here. Are you anyway excited for a Wonder Woman game? Uh, it depends on how it looks and how it plays. That's a pretty generic answer there, sir. Well, without knowing anything about the game, that's about as safe as I can get. You want me to jump from the ceiling? No. Honestly, DC doesn't really... DC has done absolutely crappy with their... Property as of late, Oof. okay. Oof. And, that, and that I mean, Oof. I mean, Aquaman was Aquaman was a good movie. One, the first Wonder Woman movie was a really good movie. The rest of that has kind of sucked. And and, and unless you, <laughs> you I mean, I'm, it, it's, I'm it's not I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at Daryl's reactions as he's on camera. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and the Batman games have, or the Batman uh, movies have really been nothing to write home about. You know, since uh, the Dark Knight series. So, I mean, it. I'm not going to run to the mountaintops and scream that they're making a Wonder Woman game. You know, you have to impress me before I go, all right, yeah, I'm on board this train. All right, Daryl, before I let you go, Alex, are you excited for a Wonder Woman game? I really, I mean, unless it's a Batman game, and I honestly, I kind of got my fill of Batman games through the Arkham series. But unless it's a Batman game, I don't really care about anything DC. I'm, I'm too much of a Marvel fanboy. I don't even know if fanboy is the right word, but just I've always found Marvel more interesting than DC. And, I mean, I've talked about it before, like, I love teams of superheroes. I don't really have a huge interest in any one single superhero. The one thing that makes Batman a little different is because the whole nightmarish gothic atmosphere of Gotham City. But 
I like the X-Men. They're, they're my favorite cartoon superheroes for reasons because they're a team and everyone has their own niche that they fill and, you know, they fight crime and bad guys as a team. Single superheroes, I don't really care about as much. So, I mean, I haven't played Spider-Man, uh, Miles Morales, or Spider uh, Marvel Spider-Man by Insomniac, so it's not like it's an insult to Wonder Woman. I just don't prefer single superhero games. Those are good games, Alex. You, I think you'll you'll quite enjoy them. They uh, they do a really good job of capturing that that Marvel like charm. You know, like the, Marvel's obviously a little more lighthearted than than most of the DC stuff, and uh, a little little bit of you know little bit of comedy in there, but like just a really bright and enjoyable um, game. Both of them, uh, Miles Morales and. Um, Marvel Spider-Man. They're both excellent. No, I have no doubt that they're good. I've heard nothing but good things about them. It's just I haven't played a Spider-Man game since the Spider-Man for PS1. So it's been a while. If you're going to jump into a game, this is the, these are the games to jump back into because they are – and I'm not just fanboying. These are actually well-put-together games. They are. And, and even the collectibles are not even a chore. I agree. There are collectibles. I think there's like 40 backpacks – uh, you gotta take pictures, uh, but nothing's over, you know too cons- time consuming. You could just get it as you flow, and you know as you're swinging through the city. Oh shit, there's a backpack over there. Let me go get it real quick. And it does. It's nothing's too tedious. If you if you're gonna jump back into a superhero game, these are the games to yeah, jump back. Yeah, I into. agree. I agree with Tricky. So. Fair enough. I've just always somebody been cl- more likely somebody to play like that, X-Men Legends Dow doesn't agree versus with me often. like Spider Man. It's just the way I've always been. I like the teams. I like the co-op. I, hey, those are good games, and I totally see why you'd be attracted to those. And and I mean, I'm an X Men X Men fanboy myself, um, so I totally get that. But uh, I don't think you'll be you'll be missing out when when and if you get around to to some Spider Man. I think that you'll uh, you'll be you'll be pleasantly uh, surprised. Quick question: Is one of is one of the Spider Mans or Miles Morales? Is that on the Instant Game Collection for PlayStation Plus? Because I could have sworn I saw there that icon. Um, when uh, I went to the PlayStation Store. The, no, the I, first one might be. I'll look right now. Um, no, I know for a fact that um, Batman Arkham Knight is part of the Instant Game Collection. I just hit too many buttons. Um, I don't think uh, any of the Spider-Man stuff is yet. I, I, I could totally see that you know becoming a thing or you know, being something that's offered. I mean, it's probably too early for Miles Morales, obviously, but I didn't know if the... I, I swear I saw a Spider-Man logo when I was going through the Instant Game Collection, or at least saw a banner ad for it. Well, uh, so it's, it's not part... It's not on there. I'm looking at them now. Um, like I said, uh, Batman would be the one, the only superhero game that's offered. So you've got Days Gone, thought, Detroit I Become Human. was. No, no, no. Well, yeah, well, yeah, Infamous is a technically a superhero game. So yes, yeah, so you got Infamous Second Son and Batman, but you've got The Last of Us Remastered, Infamous, Bloodborne, Mortal Kombat X, Batman Arkham Knight, Uncharted Four, Ratchet and Clank, Fallout Four, Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops Three with the Zombie Chronicles attached to it. You got Until Dawn, Battlefield One, Final Fantasy Fifteen Royal Edition, Last Guardian, Resident Evil Seven, Persona Five, Days Gone, Detroit Become Human, God of War. Uh, Monster Hunter World and the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Some really good games there, there in go. that instant game collection. I'll, I'll tell you that. It really is. That's a, that's a that's a home run. But um, I want to jump in on this uh, on on uh, this uh, Wonder Woman Wonder stuff. Woman. So obviously, you know, having the Nemesis system being a part of this is going to be really dope. I don't know how you're going to incorporate that into a Wonder Woman story. As someone who 
you know, frequently reads, you know, comic books, uh, DC predominantly. Um, I don't know that that's going to, I don't know how they're going to do that one. I don't know what kind of villain, what kind of rogues gallery they're going to try to pull, you know what I'm saying? Without in introducing other characters, you know, other heroes. Uh, I'm sure they'll figure that out. They're a lot smarter than I am. Uh, as far as DC properties go, I think that, you know, that, uh, these uh, Warner Brothers studios, you know, and then this obviously this uh, Shadow of Mortar team, they're they're all they all kind of have that dark and gritty down, and that's what DC does best. It's dark and gritty, and there's a lot going on. So, um, I think that uh, personally, there's a lot of a uh, lot of potential with this. So, and Wonder Woman's kind of hot right now. Like, granted, the last Wonder Woman Wonder Woman movie, Wonder Woman eighty four, sucked. Like that movie royally sucked, but the first one was good. But she's had a lot. Like there's been a lot of good Wonder Woman comics to come out. Um, you know, getting close to, if not already hit, about eighty years with her. So it's kind of her time to get some uh, to get her game. Got to be better than Superman sixty four. I, I mean, that's a that's a that's pretty doable. <laughs> that's a terrible game. <laughs> so you could play have a game where you throw a rock down a hill and you'd be better than Superman sixty four. Yeah, I mean they're they're hitting home runs with these DC games. Obviously, the Arkham games have all been tremendously well received. Even the worst one out of the bunch, Arkham Origins, is still an excellent game. Uh, but then this uh, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, that looks, that looks absolutely dope. amazing. That's gonna be freaking dope. Uh so Daryl, what came after the dinosaur? I don't know. It's tail. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Alex, what kind of materials do dinosaurs use for the floor of their homes? Wait, wait, for the floor of their homes? Yes. Human remains? Reptiles. Oh, <laughs> you savvy son of a bitch. You got me there. <laughs> and yield, what do you call a dinosaur ghost? Dead. A scared dactyl. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. That batch wasn't as good as the other batch. Uh Daryl, what do you call a dinosaur who's a noisy sleeper? A snoresaurus rex. A Tyrannosaurus. A what? A what? A, a Tyrannosaurus. Tyrannosaurus. Oh, Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> okay. And uh one more. Uh yield, what is the best way to raise a baby dinosaur? I don't know. With a crane. Jeez. That's so bad. What's not going to be bad is Star Wars Eclipse. It's a new action. You don't know that. You don't know that yet. Set in the High Republic era from Quantic Dream. This has come from, uh, wow, what's that name? Chaim Gartenberg. You know, you could have just saved yourself and just said Mr. Gartenberg. Probably. The last name's the hardest part. Uh, Aquatic Dreams rumored Star Wars title has officially been announced at the Game Awards. Star Wars Eclipse, which will be set in the High, Rep- High Republic era of the Star Wars universe, hundreds of years before the Skywalker saga during the Golden Age of the Jedi Order and the Republic. The High Republic began as an 
multimedia project last year and until now has been mostly focused on an interconnected series of books and comics exploring the Jedi Order and its fight with the Nihil? N-I-H-I-L. It's a new faction of marauders who use unique hyperspace technology to raid across the galaxy. Uh, The article does go on. Please go read it. But Yield, I think you are the biggest Star Wars fan out of all of us. Do you have any hopes, high hopes, for a game made by Quantic Dream based in the Star Wars universe? Well, I mean, they tell really good stories. So, I mean, we we shouldn't be disappointed there. Uh, Obviously, the article writer is a fan of the new series and not the whole series as a whole because this would take place before even the prequels. So using the Skywalker saga as your base point is kind of irrelevant. That's a fair anyway, point. Anyway, uh, I wasn't surprised to see that it was set in the High Republic because that's kind of the new thing that they've been pushing. So when I saw the trailer and I saw like that first ship fly by, I'm like, well, I don't recognize that ship. This must be the High Republic. And then, sure enough, that's what it ended up being. So, like I said, Quantic Dream does really good stories. They're really good with making your decisions count. So, it'll be really interesting to see how they weave that into a Star Wars game. All right, Daryl? I feel the same way about Star Wars that Yield does about DC properties. Like I <laughs> Fair enough! Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I like the older stuff. I just... I have not been impressed with uh, Star Wars, you know, as of recently, with, with the exception of the Mandalorian, and um, so that that was really good. Did Did you play Did you play uh, Fallen Jedi? I, I played it for a little Fallen, while. Fallen I got Order. to the second world. Um, I didn't love it, so it's one of those things it, that I want to go back to, but I just it's on the show. I, I I will agree with you. It took me probably ten hours before I finally was like, man, this game really isn't that good. And then I'm like, nope, I'm going to play it. And then it finally got out of its own way, and it got really good. But it does take some time to get there, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I totally can see that too, based on what I've played. But the, the, the tutorial took too long. Yeah, I agree. And but I'll get I'll get there. I'll get there. My thing with Star Wars is is like I don't I don't I'm not big into the lore. So like ninety percent of the words they say are just completely made up to me. I'm just like I don't I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like these people, <laughs> these factions, these things you're talking about sound important. But like, uh, like, I heard the word Tatooine a lot. I don't know where the freak or what that is. So like, it's one of those things for me. It's I am excited about the possibility of a Quantic Dream Star Wars game because Quantic Dream, I love their formula. I love their games, even their worst game, which I don't think is a bad game. Beyond Two Souls uh, is is like I think those are great stellar experiences. So I'll totally you know, dig into a Star Wars property with that style of gameplay and style of storytelling, you know, you never know. They might win me over. They might, they might impress me. So. See, my worry with this is simply that I, I, the way Quantic Dream, Quantic Dreams games are made, I don't know that it's going to pair well with a Star Wars story because Star Wars, I, as much as the story is important to it, the action is just as important. And I think if you're not controlling the action, uh, assuming this you know has lightsaber battles and all that stuff, um, if you're not in control of that action, I think it's going to take away some of the fun. Well, I, 
I would be concerned with that, but Heavy Rain, I thought, did a really oh, good yeah. job of, of, with its quick-time events, making you feel like you were actually doing it. Yep. Or at least I felt so. So I, if, if they bring that... And that's, that's even to say that they're going with the same kind of formula that they normally do. Yeah. Right, we don't know. Some, we don't know that they are totally different for Quantic Dream You're right. than what we're used to. All right, uh, but, Alex. But, but saying I'm sorry. that they do, I Heavy Rain's a good a good point to to show that with the quick doing quick time events right, you can still feel like you're in. You are controlling the action, and that is the key: doing them right. Because it's not like you're just jamming X, hit Y, or hit triangle, hit square. It's, it's, it's doing your button combinations. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's so that's so great about the Quantum Dream games is like you might have a, a button combination of four different buttons, two of which you're holding at different times, and you really the there's a lot of interaction with that, and I think that that is what makes it so fun. So I can totally see a world where we do lightsaber battles but it's you know you might have to hold two or three buttons and jam another one to to you know rotate a fourth yeah 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 so i think i think there's there's definitely something that can be done there we'll see how they handle it all right alex what do you think you know somebody asked me who's what you know who do you think is going to be making the next star wars game you know outside of the people who normally make it quantum dream to be honest probably would have been one of the last studios i would have thought of because like like tricky i don't know you know, I, I don't think of their style of games they make, and then also think of Star Wars. Like I don't, I don't immediately think of those as mixing very well. But it could be wrong. Um, I will say that it, you know, when you hear that Quantum Dream is making a Star Wars game, it kind of like it does get you out because like we've had tons of Star Wars games, but it does get you thinking. Like it's surprising, and it almost just in that announcement gives you hope because it's like okay, this is someone very different from everyone we've had making a Star Wars game, and at, at this point. I think we need different Star Wars games. I don't think we need something that's just a rehash of what we've done in the past, something like Force Awakens or something like that. So I think that in that sense, the uh, Force or this game being done by Eclipse being done by uh, Quantic Dream is, you know, is 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 uh, at least very exciting because we're going to see a Star Wars game that we've never seen before. Um, and then the the trailer was great. It was really pretty. And I like how they did like the uh, the series of the Eclipse, like it happening over the course of the trailer so it starts and then by the end of the trailer the eclipse you know has happened uh so that was a really nice touch um you know we saw lightsabers come out so you would have to imagine there's lightsaber battles i don't think you could get away with a star wars game unless it's like you know episode one racers or something like that without having some kind of lightsaber combat it's one of the largest most popular aspects of star wars so i think you have to have it in there and the fact that we saw them in the trailer is i don't think they're going to put that in the trailer and then not deliver in the game so uh, I am excited. I do want to play this game um, because I, I, I want to see what Quantic Dream can do with it, and because, like I said, they can do something very different that no one else has delivered before. So in that in that instance, I think it is a good decision and one that caught a lot of attention because of who is making it. All right. It's also worth noting that Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic remake has been, was er, announced earlier this year for the PS5 and PC. Ubisoft Massive Entertainment, the people behind the division, are also working on an open world game set in the Star Wars universe. And we also have a rumor of the sequel to Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, so we have lots of Star Wars games coming. And I, I like Alex was saying, I, I think this is good because you're, you're not retelling things that people know. So, and also like what Daryl was saying, 
this could be something that could make him interested or somebody interested in the Star Wars universe because you're not telling a story that you already know or you've already played before. This is something totally different. We, we, we don't know what's coming. All right. Moving on, uh, we have a story from IGN written by Matt Perslow. Uh, the Expanse, a telltale series revealed at the Game Awards. Delta Games has revealed that it's working on a video game adaptation of The Expanse, the critically acclaimed sci-fi TV show. I've actually never heard of it. Neither had I. I've watched the first episode. It's, it's decent. Ashley and I have watched a couple episodes, and we just kind of fell out of it and started watching other things. Um, but yeah, it's all right. All right. All right. Well, The Expanse, a Telltale series, is being co-developed with Deck Nine, the creators of Life is Strange, True Colors, and Before the Storm. Set before the events of the show, it will cast players as Kamina Drummer, played by actress actress Cara G, who reprises her role from the TV series. The game series will explore locations beyond the belt, uh, the, the expanses, asteroid belt, and home to splinter civilization known as the Belters, and will involve surviving a bloody mutiny, hunting for treasure, and making tough decisions that will decide the fate of the Artemis spaceship and crew. Working with a fantastic IP, the experience is both daunting and thrilling, said Jeff Litchford, COO of For Deck Nine. Uh, this is the first new IP to be announced by Telltale since it reformed back in 2019. The company previously announced it was also working on a sequel for The Wolf Among Us, which has been completely restarted with a new engine. So, Alex, uh, I think you know more about the source material. Anything? Yeah, well, I, uh, I don't do know. Do you think all that much? I mean, I I watched maybe an episode or two more than Daryl, but I guess it's been a while since we watched those, and you know, Same. it's hard to get into the story when you only watch the first few episodes. So, I really couldn't offer much expertise about this. I heard good all things right. about it, which is why I started it, but I didn't start it like you would. Like I should have, I was doing other things. I had it on in the background and, and I was like, you know what? I probably need to pay attention to this. It's got a lot going on as far as like story characters, you know, it takes place in space and, uh, or at least I think it takes place in space. It seemed like it did. <laughs> so it was one of those things where I didn't give it a fair shake. And, you know, I typically don't watch a lot of TV. So when I do, it's with my wife and I was just kind of had this on while I was, um, Doing some work in my basement, so I was like, you know what, I'll I'll just fig- I'll start this later. I never went back to it. All right. Well, getting back to it, uh, the founder of Dramatic Labs uh, is also a former Telltale Games developer. Uh, announced Star War Star uh, Star Wars Star Trek Resurgence is a story driven game from. From the former Telltale devs coming in 2022. This article is coming from The Verge and is written by Ash Parrish. Hot on the heels of Star Trek Discovery, Picard, and the Lower Decks, the Star Trek franchise is getting a new video game. Dramatic Labs, a brand new studio composed of former Telltale developers, announced the ga- during the Game Awards that it's working on Star Trek Resurgence, a story-driven game r- reminiscent of Telltale's The Wolf Among Us and The Walking Dead. 
According to the game's press release, Star Trek Resurgence is an interact interactive narrative video game that tells an original story set in the era shortly after the events of The Next Generation. Players will control two characters aboard the USS Resolute as they work to unravel a mystery in order to prevent a galactic war. Spock made an appearance in the announcement trailer and Dramatic Labs has confirmed players will get to meet other Quote, new and returning characters through a variety of dialogue, action, and action gameplay to determine the course of the story. Dramatic Labs was founded by Kevin Brunner, co-founder of Telltale Games, and according to some sources, part of the reason why Telltale's disastrous end. Despite this, Dramatic Labs became a home for over 20 former Telltale game employees. Star Trek Resurgence features Telltale's lead writer, creative director, and cinematic director, which might signal the studio's commitment to making the same kind of Telltale games was famous for. As in previous Telltale games, player choice will drive the experience and affect the story's outcome. Quote, as, fam- as fans of Star Trek, it is truly an honor to be crafted a story that which puts players right in the head- heart of the action, where significant choices and decisions will affect the entire na- narrative. End quote. Uh, this is looking to launch in spring 2022 for the Xbox, PlayStation, and on the Epic Game Store exclusively for the PC. Well, space really is the new frontier. Uh, yeah. looking, looking at all these games that were talked about at the Game Awards, you also got Starfield coming up, and then uh, with how uh, with Returnal doing well, representing well for Sony at uh, the Game Awards, it seems like a lot Starfield of people want to play is in space. To this show. What, Tricky? I said Starfield and Elder Scrolls are dead to this show. <laughs> no. Oh, don't be like that. Don't be a hater. What, 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 what did you say about don't trolls be, earlier? Well, none of us are going to play you're it. You're talking about how much you don't like trolls and people trolling you. You know, you know, for for years, <laughs> be, 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 because of the last generation, we we've sat here and and poked at Microsoft because of the fact that they didn't have any games. That that was their main issue. That was their downfall. Last generation was they didn't have the stories to drive gamers to them unless you were an xbox loyalist and now they're doing that me as a gamer i applaud them for the simple fact of competition drives the industry so if they start come out and they start putting out good games sony has to get better i'm just saying well and or or they fall or they fall behind and lure us to xbox and and here's the one of the two like knock Microsoft and get pissed at Microsoft for saying Starfield is going to be exclusive to the Xbox because I think it's crazy they buy Bethesda and don't make all of their games exclusive to Xbox. The fact that they give yeah, anything right? to anybody else is amazing. I okay. I I said that in jest, but in reality, when it comes to Starfield and Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls, I think it was a five or six. Oh, it would no have to be six, wouldn't on. it? Never played any of them. I think it's six. Because Skyrim um, is five. As, yeah. far, as far as those two games go, yes, Microsoft bought them, but I do believe those games should come to both consoles, being that it was previously announced that way. Now, obviously, that announcement was made prior to Microsoft buying them, and Microsoft does have the option to keep them exclusive to the Xbox, and I can't get mad at them if they do. But being that both of those games were announced as multi-platform, I think that they should honor no, that. But here, here's the thing: so here's... far, so far that they kept Deathloop 
which was a PlayStation exclusive. They kept it exclusive and didn't bring it to Microsoft. I think they should still honor it. Well, okay, here's the thing. If you don't buy an Xbox or one of their consoles or you don't have a PC that can play Microsoft games, they don't know you shit. If you buy a PlayStation 5 and that's what you play on, Microsoft doesn't owe it to you to put the games they own on your console. I mean, the Psychonauts, Psychonauts 2 is another, you know, example. And again, that was crowdfunded. So you can't, Microsoft can't just untangle all those vines and say, okay, you know, you contributed. Anybody who owns a PlayStation console who contributed isn't going to get to play this game now because we own it. They can't do that. But when it comes to future games, like like I said, I think they should make everything they own exclusive because that's exactly what Sony would do. Sony's not going to put anything on a Nintendo console or a Microsoft console. Uh, uh, yeah, anything in the future, make it exclusive. But like I said, when it comes to those two games, and to to be fair, and just to say, you know, prove I'm not trolling here, I have no interest in playing either of those games. I'm just saying this is what was announced. This is what you need to honor. You want Going forward, you want to make everything exclusive? Go ahead. Do it. But just with these two games, I think they should honor their word. I think those games are going to come out broken and buggy as piss. So, well, of good course, for it's them. a Bethesda game. All right. Last bit of news. Well, I, I don't get to give my opinion on the Star um, Trek game. Well, I figured you were a Star Wars fan. You hated Star Trek. That's- no. See, see, I am one of the rare ones that I never understood why. Trekkies and Star Wars fans hated each other because I like them both. Same. But we need I grew we, up do, we need to call Kalai because Kalai likes Star Trek and hates Star Wars. See, and I don't I don't get that. I grew up watching Kirk and then fell in love with it again under the next generation. Some of the ones in between, not so much, but hey, now they all can't be winners. But anyway, I I'm I'm really excited or I'm cautiously optimistic about this because one, I just got done playing the enemy within from Telltale, and so if done right, decisions really do matter. So it'd be really interesting to see that, especially after the next next generation. So you're probably going to see, you know, Worf, Data, Jordy, some somewhere in that instances. Man, so I, I love cool. that TV series, dude. <laughs> Growing up, I freaking watched the full out of that. The next generation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I never watched. See, I, I'm not gonna say I hate Star Trek, but I've, it was never a real interest in me. Star Wars, oh, man. huge. Star Trek, I I could watch an episode. I don't hate it, but I just have no desire. Like if I'm sitting down and like I'm I'm scrolling through my Netflix, I see Star Trek. I'm just gonna keep scrolling. I would man. go Star he, Trek he was one, before Star he was Wars. One of the best villains. I'm the I'm the opposite. All right, fair enough. But I'm not hating on you. Star Star Trek is is pretty good. All right, what's also pretty good is Cuphead, and apparently it's going to get some DLC being released on June 30th of 2020. Just so you know, Tricky, this it, DLC was actually announced in 2018 to come out in 2019, and they pushed it all the way to next June. So you you, you don't think that I was going to say that in the article? I, I don't, you don't know. You made it seem like oh, this is brand new all of a sudden when we've been <laughs> waiting for this for years. 
Well, maybe if you actually read the agenda before the show. I do show, read the agenda. Fresh segue into your segues, Ben. Dang. Fre- your boy comes break, in trying to help news. out, trying to help carry the conversation, and he gets his head bit off. And you mad at Alan Wake. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Live from the Game Award show, Cuphead announces yeah, DLC. Tricky's like, oh, my God. We, <laughs> we're fine. It's like, oh, my God. Apparently, we're all getting I Cuphead said, DLC. All I said was that <laughs> Cuphead was getting DLC. I didn't say, oh, it's brand new DLC. You know what? Hey, hey. Guys, oh, you guys, guys, did you just hear? Did you guys hear Perslow the breaking news? Cuphead's getting DLC. What was the breaking news, Daryl? Cuphead's getting DLC. Can you can you believe it? It's the craziest Whoa, thing I've ever heard in my life. No way. Matt Personal from IGN wants to tell you about the Cuphead <laughs> Delicious Last Course DLC and what day is coming out because apparently this was due back in nineteen. And Matt Personal is not as upset as Alex that he had to wait two years for this <laughs> DLC. <laughs> it's coming out on June thirtieth, twenty twenty two. The expansion will be made available on all platforms. Cuphead is available. That's Xbox One, PS4, Nintendo Switch, PC versus Steam, via Steam, and GOG. The expansion will feature Miss Chalice, better known as Cuphead Veterans, as the legendary Chalice, as a new playable character who comes with a modified moveset, new abilities. Miss Chalice can be used not only in the DLC, but in the original Cuphead levels as well. The DLC levels will take you to improve the undiscovered Inkwell Isle, where new weapons and magical charms will help you take on the new bosses and help Chef Salt Baker. Quote, As with so many of our fellow developers, creating games during this unique times has brought it with a host of challenges, and we're so grateful for our Cuphead community for their patience and excitement as we push to make the last, the delicious last course a true high watermark on the studio's art design, Art, design, and animation, said the co-director, Chad Moldenhauer. Cuphead, oh wait, I'm sorry, this is the part that Alex skipped ahead. Cuphead, the delicious last course, has been delayed a number of times, first in 2019 and then again in 2020, amidst pandemic conditions. In other Cuphead news, a TV show based on the game is coming to Netflix. And for more, check out the developers reacting to a blistery, fast, 23-minute Cuphead speedrun. Well, I, for one, am glad Alex let me know that that was coming out because I had no idea. Uh, well, apparently, you should have known back in 2019 when it was first delayed. So it's, it's a, you should know back actually in 2018 when it was first announced. See, see, you're still Alex coming you're, in close. Still Fact it wrong, tricky. No, I, I uh, have not had to wait <laughs> as long to play this because I think it was on Xbox first, and then later came to PlayStation and Switch, and I just played it last year, so I have not had to wait as long as some people have had to play it. But uh, I'm excited. I mean, Cuphead is a really fun game, very challenging, but also very satisfying when you finally overcame the challenges. And I, I for me, boss fights are the highlights of any game. So a game made completely up of boss fights. Or at least almost completely. Uh, there are some platforming levels, some running gun levels, but a game almost completely made up of boss fights, like you know uh, something like Punch Out or something. Well, that's all. <sighs> yeah, that's it's all boss, boss fights. fights. Uh, I should say Shadow of the Colossus. There's a better example. Um, is is going to be something that I'm going to be interested in, especially with the the art style and the music, because the game looks great. That hand drawn art style, uh, very cartoony, very very beautiful. And then the music that goes so well with it, like the early 1900s, like 1930s, 1940s, uh, the big band stuff. Uh, love it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to play this DLC and because uh, it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like, you know, just more Cuphead, which I think would be for anyone who played Cuphead and actually could could, could get through the game, unlike Tricky. Uh, 
They would enjoy this. Oh. I can't, even be, I can't oh. even beat the first level. You could beat the first boss, Tricky, right? No, the first level. So he didn't make it to the boss. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, it's... <clears throat> and, you know, we talk about delays and, hey, don't announce something. And then delay it for years or, you know, don't announce a release date until you're ready to uh, put it out there. I think it's a... Uh, a testament to this studio's love of its community and the the game itself that they put so much, so many years and so much effort into the DLC. So, uh, good for them, and I, I'm I'm happy that the Cuphead community can finally play this next year. Maybe. All right, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, Daryl, yo, what did Rex say to Woody after eating a toy? To infinity and beyond. Nope, you got a friend in me. Oh. <laughs> That's close, though. <laughs> uh, Alex. Yes. What What do you call a paleontologist who naps on the job? A siesta a siesta ontologist. Nope. Lazy bones. Gee. <laughs> You're getting real lazy bones with these jokes, Tricky Mick. <laughs> Yield. What did the dinosaur use to build his house? Wait, you talking to me? You yes. talking to me? Oh, because I, I, I didn't hear. All I heard was Are the you joke. I didn't hey, hear talking to me? Say uh, reptiles. Reptiles. Nope, a dinosaur. Mm. Nobody got that one. No, yeah. we got it. It just wasn't great. No, 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 no. I got it. I got it. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, this this one relates to Daryl. Daryl, what do you call a T Rex who hates losing? Uh, Trichosaurus. A sore loser. Uh, 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 uh. What? A sore by dinosaur. I'm flabbergasted that that punchline was so awful. That may be the worst joke you've told. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this one's this. Right, we got two more. Then uh, we're moving on. Uh, Alex, why does the brontosaurus have a long neck? Got to get all them tall trees to eat all those leaves at the top of the tall trees. Yep. No, it's feet smell. Jeez, that's terrible. <laughs> uh, all right, last one. What do you call a blind dinosaur? Yield. Can't see a saurus. Do you think he saurus? Do you think he saurus? <laughs> all right. For anybody just to listen to the show, uh, today is uh, Sophie's birthday, and we wanted to honor her. By telling some dinosaur jokes because dinosaurs were her favorite thing in the whole wide world, which is going to lead us into Wait, our weekly. Hold on. Doesn't everybody love dinosaurs? You want, you want, well, I'm not a big fan of them. Can't even say yes what for about, Sophie's birthday. What about dinosaur sized spiders? Would you like those? All right, moving on to our yeah, weekly returning segment. was those back in the day. We're now going to throw it across the pond, a.k.a. Tricky's time to go smoke a cigarette for Sophie's Trophies. Sid, we can't hear you, mate. Hey, guys. Oh, there you are. Thank God. Sid, once again, with Sophie's Trophies. Um, I'm going to do two this week, guys. Well, I'm going to follow up on last week's. That uh, that weird game, Violetti Guti, I think. Um, I just want to say the game itself is actually a little bit more varied than I thought it was. 
Um, so I will give credit to the uh, developers there. The levels do have a lot of different things going on. Uh, one level you do actually um, use a block to play Breakout, pretty much. Um, and uh, one block you have a big bazooka thing, or one level you have a bazooka thing. So I just wanted to shout them out on that. The levels are varied. And uh, what I didn't mention last week, there is a... Um, uh, what do you call it guys a, a thing you have to complete a task let's say there's a task um, you complete the level and you have to do a certain task on each level um, it's a different task each time but when you do that you get the second herb um, you only get one for finishing the level but that is enough of that pile of poo um, like I say just give them their shout out because I was a little bit unfair last week um, does it make the game any better not really but, you know, credit where credit's due. So this week, guys, we're going to go for another easy one. Um, I've been playing for a few easy ones um, at the moment. And this one is called Mochi Mochi Boy. Um, very easy platinum. Uh, the game itself, you play the Mochi Mochi Boy, which is basically, um, it looks like a giant penis with a face. Um, you know, there's no way around that, guys. And the whole idea is you move around. It's, it's kind of like Snake in that way. You move around and cover the grid. Um, but you can't move into a grid you've already gone over. Um, your snake penis thing will get bigger with every, what, every movement you make. So the idea is to not trap yourself and to cover all of the grid. Now there are uh, tree stumps and things that are in the way. That stops you going... Um, certain directions and things like that so you know there's a little bit of planning a little bit of working out involved not overly difficult um, it's fun to play I have to say it's not too bad um, it makes a very strange noise when you complete a level though I don't know what the hell that's about but let's get into this one as always guys the platinum platinum shime or platinum slime see I'm still bad at talking uh, yeah get the platinum Lost and found, find one slime. So I'm not going to go through all these guys. But the idea is, as you go around, you pick up slimes. Um, they're just in blue crates. All you got to do is go over them and you pick them up. So we have trophies for one slime, two slime, four slimes, six slimes. So find six slimes and there you go. Very easy to do. They're just there. They are all gold trophies, by the way. Um... Baby steps. Reach level 6 on tower mode. So, there you go. Simple enough. Reach level 6. Doesn't take too long. The next one is reach level 12 on tower mode. So, you know, not, not too difficult. Reach level 18. Reach level 24. And reach level 30. Now, I'd say you're looking at about half an hour to an hour to do this. It's not that difficult. The levels themselves are actually not long i know that's a weird way of saying it they're only one screen each there's never more than one screen all it takes is a couple of little trial and errors and you will get there and then there are two more trophies for when you play on dungeon mode which are just random levels reach level two on dungeon mode and reach level three on dungeon mode um so yeah that's it for that one guys no tips really because the game it's pretty self-explanatory it's quite cheap to get hold of um like say you're looking at an hour 
probably maximum. Um, if you're really bad at this kind of game, um, you're looking at probably a few hours. But I don't think anybody's going to be that bad at this game. Like I say, all you got to do is cover the squares with your giant penis thing. Yeah, I'm not even sure what the hell it's supposed to be, to be honest. So that is what I'm calling it. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week, guys. Hope that was okay. Anybody got any suggestions, please, please let me know. And I will talk to you all again next week. And keep getting those trophies. Bye. Thank you, Sid. And we're back. We got our topic of the week. Daryl started laughing at that tiny penis thing. <laughs> I love uh, oh, I love the fact that his choice in trophies these days has been to sarcastically work his way Flawless. through um, some of these rat games. And that's that's awesome. Sophie's trophies are back, and they're better than ever. All right. Uh, let's get into Yield's favorite topic of the year. Yeah. Yeah, baby. The, the Game Awards. All right. So I'm going to not go over every category, but I'm going to go over some of the categories because uh, there were some surprising winners this year. Most anticipated game, the nominees were Elden Ring, God of War, oh, Ragnarok. I yield's favorite Why? category. <laughs> Why? We over the media and and people in general overhype games as as it is. You don't need a category to overhype games even more. If you want to do this, shine the light on games that aren't going to have the advertising budget that these games have. Then I'd be okay with it. But these games are going to be out there. You're going to know about them. Tell me about five most anticipated games no one gives a shit about. <laughs> I, I, uh, am I wrong? You're not wrong. No, you're not wrong Okay, at all. thank you. But, uh, I mean, what, what's that category's name? Most anticipated game that nobody knows about? Well, there, I don't, I'm, I'm sure there's a fancy way to spin it, but yeah, why not? How about the uh, award right, for I'm... the games, the, the best games you should be excited about? There you go, see? All right, most anticipated games, the nominees were Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Starfield, and your winner was Elden Ring. They even, Which I gotta say, they, I have no interest in at all. They even brought out that little uh, robot thing. <laughs> it's like, cringe. Uh, best multiplayer game, your nominees were Back for Blood, It Takes Two, Knockout City, Monster Hunter Rise, New World, and Valheim, your winner was It Takes Two. Uh, let's see. I'm not gonna, like I said, I'm not gonna go over every category here. Uh, best RPG Cyberpunk 2077, which I have no idea why that was even nominated. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei 5, which Daryl played, and Tales of Arise. And your winner was Tales of Arise. Uh, best action adventure game. Uh, your nominees were Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and Psychonauts 2. Your winner was Metroid Dread, which I don't agree with. Uh, if you guys want to have any comments, uh, jump in here. Uh, your best action game. Nominees were Back for Blood, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, Far Cry 6, and Returnal. And your winner was Returnal. Have you? Has anybody um, on the panel played Returnal? No, but I'm planning to. I That's going to be the Christmas game I buy myself. But I am glad to see that it got uh, it won the award for best yeah, action game. Got some shine. Uh, 
Nah, we're not going to do best community. Well, hang on. Before you go any farther, the reason why I bring that up is I've played Returnal. I, I, I bought it day one because I'm such a Housemark fan. That game's pretty friggin' tough. And the fact that throughout the year it has continued to keep people talking about it, tons of the podcasts I listen to, these guys are finally just now getting through it. Like they've been playing. Like some of these shows, these guys are talking about how they've got 80 hours in this game and they're just now beating it. It very much has that same conversation that Bloodborne had. That it's it's tough, but it like makes you want to finish it. So it's pretty good. I, I think that that's a uh, Sony has managed to do that a second time now, taking a game that's difficult, more difficult than your general consumer is going to be tolerant of and then they've, they've won some awards with it. it's pretty dope best indie game 12 minutes which i want to play and i didn't realize it was out uh death's door kenya bridge of spirits inscription and loop hero and your winner was kenya bridge of spirits it's it's it's, it's kina fantastic game you keep I'm, saying I'm kenya it's kina <laughs> i'm not going down that path with you I said what I said. I pronounced it the way I want to pronounce it, and nobody knew how to actually pronounce it until yeah, the game actually you, was out. Yeah, but you you make us look like fools when you keep refusing to miss to pronounce the game correctly. Just, just like Joe Scribbles is a made up name, I'm gonna say Tina Kenya. Bridge of Spirits. Best ongoing game: Apex Legends, Call of Duty Warzone, Final Fantasy XIV Online, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. And in a surprise, Fortnite did not win. It actually went to Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, best performance, your nominees, uh, Erica Mori from Life is Strange, Giancarlo Esposito from Far Cry 6, Jason E. Kelly from Deathloop, Maggie Robertson from Resident Evil Village, and I can't even pronounce the guy from Death- Deathloop, just know that, you know, I don't want to butcher your name, that's why I'm not saying it. And best performance went to Maggie, Maggie Robertson. That was awesome. That was awesome. Now, I, I'm going to put a pin in this for right now. I didn't do the research, but wasn't there a story that the actress died? So uh, in in Resident Evil 8, which is an amazing game, I highly recommend it. Um, Not as just an RE fan, just like it's a really genuinely fun game to play. There is Lady Dimitrescu, which is who um, this lady was, was playing to get her award. And then her three daughters. And her three daughters, their, their, their part of the game is very short. But dude, their their acting and their their lines, it is so so good. But yeah, one of them got like some kind of like throat cancer or something, and she passed away like right after the game came out or right before it was done. So th- this was Maggie's daughter, not in real life. Uh, it was um, the character she portrays, Lady Dimitrescu. It was her daughter in the Resident Evil game. Oh, okay, okay. I just want to be clear. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, because when when she won and then she came up on stage, I I was like, I remember a story saying that she died. No, I, it, was, I, it was um one of the daughters in the game. Okay, uh, best audio design nominees were Deathloop, Forza Horizon Five, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and Returnal. And your winner was Forza Horizon Five. Uh, best art direction, your nominees were Deathloop. Uh. Kenya, Bridge of Spirits, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and The Awful Escape, and your winner was Death Loop. Now, you, if Best this name nan- can be up for awards, and these people put all this time and effort into making this game, Ember Labs, <laughs> you can pronounce it right and not be a dick. 
Best narrative. And he's mad at Alan Wake. <laughs> Best narrative nominees with Deathloop. It takes two. Life is Strange, Two Colors, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Psychonauts 2. And your winner was Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, Tricky, you beat thought- that game, right? Yes, it is absolutely worth it. Okay. I bought it, so and does it, it's sitting right here ready to go. The story is so, absolutely fantastic. So, so so it is an outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. Absolutely. it. If you like the movies, you will love this game. It keeps up the comedy. The, all the characters are true to form. I, the only problem I had with the game, which doesn't have anything to do with narrative, was I felt like the combat was a little clunky at times, but... It's not too intrusive, and it does work within the story. I just personally did not like the control of it. Uh, best Game Direction. Your nominees were Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts 2, and Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. And your winner was Deathloop. Uh, and your Game of the Year, the last category we're going to talk about, which I think is going to be the conversation piece. Your nominees were Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. And your winner was It Takes Two. Good good now, for Hazelite Studios. I, per- yep. I personally was surprised by this because I didn't think this stood a chance. Just like I didn't think Resident Evil Village stood a chance. I thought it was gonna really going to come down to either Psychonauts 2 or Ratchet & Clank. Uh... I was very surprised to see this. Uh, again, congratulations, as Alex said. But I don't think this should have won. Ooh. Now, I don't Ooh. know how many of you guys have played the other games. Alex, I know you played Psychonauts 2. Uh, Daryl, I know you played Resident Evil Village. I think we all played Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Uh, I don't think anybody played Metroid Dread. And I don't think anybody played Deathloop or It Takes Two. So, Yield, I'm going to start with you. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I've played It Takes Two. Oh, you have played yes. taste. It, it, it's freaking awesome. Like it is, I highly recommend it. There's so much game and so much diversity there. Uh, very similar to like any like Pixar movie when it comes to charm and like style. Um, dude, it's it, it it's. I didn't think it stood a chance because it's not this huge budget game. Although they don't, when you play it, you're like. There's no way this isn't some crazy multi hundred million dollar year triple A game. Like it's the platforming and the 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 character interactions, the dialogue. I mean, there is there's so much humor in it, and also like the story they're telling is is heavy because it's about two parents getting divorced and the child kind of being caught in the middle of it. And like the whole concept is she kind of is like crying over these wooden dolls that she has. And she it's like, I don't, I wish that my parents wouldn't get divorced. And then they get, you know, they're going to get like sucked into the dolls. And now they got to work together and work past their issues with each other to get back to, from across their property and their, all the different crazy environments uh, to their daughter to try to get her to wish them back out of these dolls. And it's, it's awesome. I haven't finished the game. But I mean, I, I I've got about four hours into it, and it's like there's so much diversity, and the environments are incredible. Boss battles, be like out of this world. Like it's just so cool. There's so much cool stuff about it. And and it take it. I, I, I this is not no pun intended, but it takes two players to play the game. Correct. You can't so, play single yeah. player. So this would be a good game for you and like Sweet Mama D to play together. Okay. Um, because you you cannot play it solo. Like you have to have someone couch co op or online. So myself and CJ, former co-host of the Loot Bros podcast, you know, like 
we got together and we were playing it and we're going to finish it in January. That's our, that's our goal. <laughs> it is really yeah, hard for the two of us to line up our schedules. <laughs> Do what? Well, said, yeah, yeah, considering he lives in Australia, that would be really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's I, it's difficult. But the thing is, is like we we put the game in, and I said this on my podcast the other night. Like, I didn't have high expectations. It was like, here's a co op game. We'll play this together. CJ and I do a lot of work together, but we don't ne- we never really hang out and just play games together. So we're like, let's find something we can just play and shoot the breeze. And in my my mind, I was like, this is going to be a very passable experience. We're going to have some fun, you know, talk a bunch of junk, and that'll be that. And within the first hour, you're like, oh, no, this is awesome. This is really deserves the time and attention. And we found ourselves not really goofing off and cutting up like we expected, but actually, like, working out the puzzles and working the platforming sections together. And it's, and it's really good. If you can find a partner... Uh, a ch- you know, one of your kids, whatever. Um, you know, yield. If you and Homer could get together and play it, like you will have a blast. I guarantee it. Like, there's something in there for everybody. All right. Well, uh, being that the only person that has played this game, uh, I think I heard you say you didn't think it would win Game of the Year. I didn't. But does it? Uh, the way you're talking, it sounds like it deserves it. But against these other games, do you think it deserved it? Well. I would have personally, I mean, as I would have picked Resident Evil. I mean, Resident Evil is a big budget game. It's a very meaty game. It's got a lot of content, like like high production values. It was a lot of fun. They did a really good job marrying the the horror and the action. More action than Resident Evil Seven, but more horror than some of the other games that have come out, like Five and Six and Four. So, for me, like Resident Evil as a fan was a home run, but it takes two has so much more than you know a campy horror story and some jump scares you know what i'm saying like it's it's it, i mean like i would have i would have picked it personally but when i saw him i was like absolutely i totally can see that okay fair enough all right so i mean Daryl kind of took over the whole conversation yield but what do you think about it takes two winning I'm fine with it. I always like it when when the little engine that could knocks down everybody else. Because this is also the same studio, uh, if nobody remembers, that made No Way Out, which is uh, oh wait, a way out, a way out. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Which which was a which was another really good story. Correct. Uh, all right. So, Alex, what do you think about? Uh, I don't hate it. In? I mean, great for them. I think everybody should be congratulating them because it's you know you like to see when you know. I mean, Ratchet and Clank and Resident Evil are huge franchises. You know, Psychonauts 2 is a sequel. Metroid, another huge franchise. I mean, they were going up against some titans, and when, you know, this new this new game, this new IP, even if it's just a one-off, when they can win, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, we've talked about, we've kind of, you know, pissed on, you know, a lot of the, not pissed on, but we just said it was a weak year in games, and I don't necessarily agree. I think we're being a little bit too harsh on, you know, video games this year, I think it was a good year for games. I think we had some really good games comes out, which the the awards show. Uh, maybe missing that one really, really big game to kind of put everything over the top. But, you know, as far as it takes two winning, I, I've heard nothing but good things, and I think that it's great that they won. I It seems very deserved. And like I said, whenever the big franchise is, you know, you got a bunch of big franchises in there, and then the, there's, a, a you know, a, uh, an underdog in there, it, no one's ever mad to see the underdog come out and win. The only thing I was disappointed about with uh, Game Awards was that I don't think Ratchet and Clank got a single award. And for them to be no, into so many categories and it'd be such a good game, 
it kind of sucked that they didn't come away with an award because I think Insomniac definitely did deserve praise for for Ratchet and Clank. All right, and uh, like I said, I, I made my comments earlier. I my personal game of the year was Ratchet and Clank. Uh, I I I, I want to agree with Alex saying that you know we we were being a little too hard on this, but I I don't think this was a strong year in gaming. I mean, and I'm not blaming developers. I'm not blaming publishers. Uh, everybody having to deal with the pandemic and everything like that. It, I didn't really expect a strong year in gaming. I think that once, uh, as time goes on and, you know, people start working better at, or not working better, but being able to go back to work, go back to the office, be able to, you know, embrace this working from home a little bit better. I think we're going to get these games. Uh, I expected a lot more delays throughout the year. We didn't get them. Uh, but like I said, overall, I thought Ratchet and Clank should have won. Uh, I'm I'm in agreement with Alex in the fact that uh, the fact that Ratchet and Clank didn't get a single award that's surprising to me because it was a fantastic game. Um, but overall, uh, I, I'm I'm not hating on It Takes Two. I didn't play, so I can't really comment on it. And like uh, everybody said on the show, I've heard good things about it. If it's uh if it's anything like a way out, uh. I expect it to be a, a fantastic game because I really enjoyed that game. Uh, but Daryl, me and you were talking uh, <laughs> a little bit before the show, and because Yield, like, you know, I, I I made the joke that before we started this topic that this is Yield's favorite topic because uh, Yield has expressed that he doesn't uh, particularly like the Game Awards. Uh, but Daryl, we talked about like people that watch the Game Awards. I don't think anybody really watches for the awards. I think it's more about the reveals and the uh, the trailers and everything else, because there's a lot more games that got announced that I didn't put in the agenda, uh, mostly because I didn't think our audience was going to uh, enjoy those games or the fact that we really couldn't talk about it. There's other games that were announced. Um, but, Daryl, overall, uh, what did you think about the Game Awards this year? I thought it was cool. I think that, um, you know, any kind of conference, you know, not just the award ceremony part, but like the announcement section, you kind of want to have, you know, two to three things for for any viewer, anybody, you know. And for me, they nailed several things that I'm interested in. You know, they 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 announced um, Alan Wake two. Obviously, that's going to be your game of the year when that comes out. My game of the year. Um, but there was a a Slitterhead game they announced that was like I see that I'm number one in your book. But uh, you know, like, like the um, <laughs> creators of Silent Hill are coming out with a new game, and they showed that off, and that was really really interesting. You had uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro come out and mention that like Silent Hill would be yeah. a great game to come. And then out. all the internet went crazy, going, "Oh, it's it's confirmed. Kojima's making a Silent it, Hill game, yeah, dude!" And they're doing that. They're doing, and so there, there was a lot of really cool things in there. There was stuff that I didn't care for. There was things that kind of rubbed me the wrong way as well. But for the most part, I thought it was a good show. And this, uh, Joe said this on our on on the Loot Bros, and he's so right. This was E3. Yeah, it's an award show, but like it, 50% of it was awards, 50% of it was announcements. And this was like, this was the one of the biggest shows when it comes to content announcements we've gotten in years. Like to me, the quality of like reveals kind of rivals that year of dreams with, you know, with, uh, with PlayStation. We got, you know, all those crazy games announced. So. I don't know. It was uh, it was cool. I liked it. You know, it appealed to me. Um, 
And I, I they do rush the announcements, but you know, it, it, you got to do what you got to do. This was the longest show they've had yet, so I, I enjoyed it overall. All right, Alex Neil, I know you didn't watch it, but uh, going back, uh, what what you've seen and what you've heard, what do you think about the game hey, awards? Um, as far as who got the awards, I can't really argue against them. I you know you can look at things like Cyberpunk being in there, and I don't think Cyberpunk deserved any mention at the game awards, quite frankly. Um, but you know the the winners, I think, deserve to win. I don't think you can you know be mad about any of that. And as far as like, I mean, they definitely had some big announcements come out of the game out of the game awards. So I mean, my thing is, I don't really want to sit, and maybe this is why I don't really care if E three is a thing anymore or not. I don't want to sit there and watch a two three hour television show with that focuses on the game awards and reveals and trailers and all that. What I want to do is the day after. I'll go through, sift through everything, and then I'll watch what I want to watch and read what I want to read. And that's just how I would do it. I don't want to sit there, you know, and watch a big, long award show. That's just kind of the way I am. It's not just about video games. I don't want to watch and sit, sit and watch any big, long award show for movies, TV, whatever, music, you name it. So I just will see what comes out of it, and I will read what I want to read. And, uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I think, I don't think people give Jeff Keighley enough credit for the game awards or how I think I think it's a good show. I think it's good for the game industry and, and you know to what Daryl said in Joe's point that you know if it's kind of a sim- simply kind of a new E three and people enjoy watching it, I don't have any. Pr- I mean I think that it is. I don't know. I think it's a necessary thing for the games industry um, because whether you like Jeff Keighley or not, whether you agree with the, with the game awards or not, this this there's probably a lot of people that are going to go play It Takes Two because of this this award show and you know. Maybe taking a little bit more of yield suggestion and spotlighting games that are smaller and don't have AAA budgets, that would be good to incorporate in there too. But as far as like building excitement for the year and giving credit to people who put hard work into games this year, I think it did both of those because there are definitely excited things coming down the road that they highlighted. And then also they highlighted and spotlighted people who had come out with, you know, really great game works here this last year. So I think that they accomplished their goal. And even though I don't particularly want to watch an award show these days, I think that the Game Awards overall are a good thing. All right, Yield? I've voiced my opinions on why I am not a fan of the Game Awards. And Joe said what I was thinking, you know, rolling into this week, that it were rolling into, yeah, rolling into the show, that it was, it's more of an E3 thing. I think I said that in our group text that we have on, where we're doing Rocket League Thursday, that, that it's, you know, the, the trailers are what's keeping it more relevant. You know, the reveals now, to me, is what's keeping it relevant. And it's, it's you know, it's more of an E3. So, I mean, it's it's just not my thing. They, they had a couple of opportunities to win me, and they didn't, and I could care less. Yeah, and if I, if I were going to add any criticisms, criticisms to this, is I, I the two gripes I have is that, they go too fast with some of the awards. Uh, I was watching some of the pre-show, and even during the show that themselves, they would give away uh, an award, but they would come up and say, hey, this is the category, and then this is the winner. Not even giving the nominees any kind of spotlight, which I, I thought was a little... Uh, rushed? Not rushed, but a little disrespectful to the nominees. I mean, if you're hosting an event called the Game Awards and you're trying to honor the best games of the year, I think it's worth 
taken the 10, 20 seconds it takes to mention the nominees. And if you just go, oh, best action game, it was Metroid Dread, but you don't mention any other game that you nominated, I think it's a, it kind of, it's disrespectful in one aspect. And two, then why even give the, sh- the, the award out on the show? Give it behind why, the scenes. Or why even have that award? That that as well. So I mean, so basically what you were doing was you had a how long was it? Two hours? Three. Yeah, it was like three. So you hours. had a three you had a three hour show and probably four hours worth of content that you're now trying to fit in there. Correct. Uh, which, which is kind of like you said, which is bad all the way around, which was what gave me that bad taste a few years ago when I'm like, Screw you guys, I'm not wasting my time anymore. And and the other thing that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth with this was the fact that this was the first year uh, where the Game Awards basically partnered up with Twitch and said, hey, come co-stream the event. We'll make it easy for you. All you have to do is hit this button and you can stream, you know, saying, hey, let's uh, get the Twitch community, get some spotlight on some of the streamers. And then five or six times throughout the show, they were advertising one particular streamer saying, hey, come watch his stream, which made no sense because if people watching the Game Awards on Twitch, but you want us to go watch this guy's stream, that made no sense to me. Like, why stream on Twitch to, and then say, okay, don't watch our show anymore. Go watch this one guy, which, I mean, not that I'm big in the streamer community or anything like that, but I have no idea who the hell that guy was. I didn't know who it was either. They, they did it like I, five times, so. Yeah, Apparently they it, had to deal with them. They'll say, well, you must have had to deal with them. But it, it that made no sense to me. He says, oh, stop watching our show, which is what we wanted you to partner up with. And then, no, go watch this dude who's going to talk over the entire show with some guest who I also didn't know. That chick, got, she was like a WNBA player that was also a streamer. Is that? I think. I, is that who it was? Yeah, I think that's what I, f- I was looking into that. I think she actually mentions it once because I didn't know who she was. And I thought she was her little cameos were friggin terrible. <laughs> I was like, yeah, hmm. I mean, what, what was it a couple of years ago where they were announcing some game and they had WWE superstars playing the game, but they were playing it under the stage and they mentioned it for like two seconds and we move it on. Like, why bring all those guys on? Give them screen time. That was E3. Just- that was Microsoft's E3 conference. Oh, was that the, was that E three? I thought that was the Game Awards. Ah, uh, you might be right. I don't know the difference anymore. Either way, <laughs> it, I mean, there's probably never going to be like a perfect show, but I think that I think this is their best year. Personally, I mean, like, there's always things they could do different, but like they're cramming, like Yield said, four hours plus of content in this window, and you're not going to please everybody. And for me personally, for the amount of some of the the social political stuff that they tried to shove in there, I'm like, well, you could have given someone another five seconds apiece to thank their teams instead of right. hammering home this on the nose trash. But you know, that, that's just my opinion. It was what they, they kind of started off kind of. What weird. if they went to two nights and just do? You, I mean, I mean, they could do that I, too. I, I mean, I I honestly I don't think they had. I don't think they could hold the attention for two nights. Well, it'd be better than they trying to be pretty solid be, for three. Be hours. trying better than trying to cram everything into a three hours and making people sit there. I mean, having two hours, two nights in a row, an hour and a half, two nights in a row. I don't know. I just think it's harder to get people to sit well, there for three straight hours to watch, and then also, like you said, cramming everything into that window. That that and I, I because 
normally you want to end the show big, right? Like that, you're leading to the big crescendo. And this year's crescendo was a very scripted, a very pre-recorded Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss uh, showing off The Matrix Awakens, the Unreal 5 experience, but showed nothing of it and just said, hey, go do this. And then you could clearly see it was pre-recorded and that Jeff Keighley just timed it out perfectly where he was asking the questions. And it's just, to me, it fell flat. That that's apparently like a big deal. I've had several people message me and say that like this thing is really cool. And I read some stats earlier about all the stuff that's in this thing. Like apparently it's it's pretty meaty. So no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying the. I, mean, the I know. I know what you're saying. I know what you're talking about. With the, I'm saying yeah. you're you're leading to this big crescendo and it just falls flat. And I'm not saying anything about the game. I'm just because I haven't tried it yet. But it just I don't know I. If it's going to be an E3 where they're going to do reveals, let's do the reveals and move on. And, you know, let's give out the awards and give give out the big awards. But if you're going to give away best action adventure on the pre-show and then you're giving out best esports coach on the main show, there's something seriously wrong with the way you're doing this. Nobody knows who the hell these esports coaches are. Because even if you watch on Twitch or you watch esports, you're seeing the players. You're not seeing the coaches. You want to give out an esports award on the show, do it the player. Not the coach, and nobody knows who the hell it is. Yeah, that esports thing is just beyond me. I, I think I might be too old for that. Like, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't follow any of these people. I've never even, I never even heard of them until <laughs> freaking. Uh, but this is it's the same thing every year. Like, I like you think someone who's been hosting a video game podcast for as long as I have, I would have at least heard of some of these teams, heard of these people. No, I don't feel. Don't feel bad. I'm in the same boat. Uh, I'm just completely. Well, that's because you're not. I, and no offense to you, but because you don't watch Twitch. I, I you, know. Yeah. You said many, many times, if you're going to watch somebody play a video game, you're going to sit on the couch next to them and, play, and watch them. It, it, yeah. Damn straight. Yep. Yeah. That's just. Um, I'm old school like that. But see, like one of the categories, I'm trying to scroll back down here. Uh, content creator of the year. Uh, if you guys remember, this category was renamed because this was actually trending gamer of the year. Yep. Okay, and that's when Greg Miller won. That's when Doctor Disrespect won. And then the, what's his face? Bo- that Bo- bigger Boogie. guy that lost all that weight. Yeah, Boogie. Boogie. Yeah. Uh, so now it's Content Creator of the Year, and I gotta tell you, for five nominees, I have no idea who the fuck. I know any of those people. <laughs> like but I never even heard that name creators, in They're creating content. Right, but the point is, is if they're, they're creator of the year, you think you'd see their name somewhere. Yeah. And apparently, uh, I was talking to somebody who's on the inside of this. Once you're nominated for this category, you can never be nominated again. That's probably why we we have never heard of these people that they're kind of like out of them or out of the big ones because Doctor Disrespect's still a big name, you know. So is Tim the Tatman. So is Nick Merckx, who I think had a, a, one of the biggest years ever, just signed a forty million contract to stay on Twitch. That's like, insane. These guys bring in big numbers. Uh, all right. What? With that being said, I'm going to get off my little soapbox here because we're getting a little long-winded. I didn't realize we've been doing this for two hours. Let's close out the show with some shout-outs. Dale, let's start with you, sir. I want to give a shout-out to the king of exceptions, the man who can't do anything without making it extremely difficult for the sake of we don't even know why. Tricky Mick, thanks for coming, having me on the show. Thanks for not coming on my show, the Lubros Podcast. 
Um, well, I can't. I can't lower myself to your. Trash, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just make sure to go straight to the goddess and ask permission for you next time. I, I'd appreciate that. This way she doesn't <laughs> yell at me. So uh, yeah, thanks guys for having me on. Yeah, shout out to the Loot Bros podcast and uh, all the fun we've been having over there. Um, we've uh, <laughs> we've been rotating in some some different guests and some content creators. Hey, maybe maybe some of the content creators we've been rotating in will be nominated one day. But uh, we've been having a lot of fun, man. We've been uh, lots lots of good laughs, uh, lots of zany questions from the community. So uh, I mean, and I really do. I want to uh, say this too. Um, I really love the relationship our two shows have together. Obviously, that's spearheaded from uh, <laughs> obviously that's spearheaded from all the trash talk we've done over the years. But like, uh, it really does make me laugh. And this this goes out to all, all you guys. Like, I listen to Trophy Horse every week. And there'll be some bullcrap said about me from Tricky, you know, and then uh, you guys will go back and forth. And, and I, I like the fact that I'm, we have this, uh, this back and forth between the shows. I think it's fun. Um, you guys are welcome for, for Tricky's trophies. <laughs> They're going to get trashier. I don't, I don't think they will thank you for that, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, now, I want you to know that I texted the guys at 11.08 this morning. I said, Daryl's coming on the show. A couple hours later, the only message we got back was "let the shit talk." Yeah, yeah, that was that was for me because yeah, <laughs> what when when it comes to you and Daryl, what else like what else comes to mind first than you all shit talking each other over yeah. who's got the most platinum? The fact that I have more platinums than him. Yeah, the fact that we, I will I I currently and will always have more platinums than him. Oh well, you know what? I just remember I am the puppet master that controls Tricky schedule. So whenever you guys. <laughs> Need Tricky tied up for something? Let me know. I'll screenshot him my platinums, and he will be in front of his PlayStation, toothpicking it to death. <laughs> Are you done with your shout yeah, out, Yeah, that's, that's me. Yield your shout out, sir. So shout out, shout out to uh, Tricky and Alex for for recording tonight. Shout out to Daryl for coming on. Uh, a shout out to the Winter Tag Team Group. We we will attempt to make our presence known for the rarity of trophies that we will collect. That would be Gareth, Resident Daryl, the Bearded Nerds, Nitro, and myself. Yes, yes. Was, was that the team that I was offered a spot Represent. on but I had, to, I, yeah. I had to turn down? I don't know. Were you offered yeah, a spot? He, I was offered he, was, he was offered a spot, but he's got a blemish on his record and isn't allowed to participate. Uh, I'm banned from any PSN Profiles community contest. Oh, I'll try to <laughs> <laughs> no, he needs exceptions. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, so I well, you obviously got the better trophy whore anyway. Uh, shout out to the Rocket League Thursday crew this past week, which was Nitro, myself, Alex, and Gareth. Only lost one game, so it was pretty cool. Two games. No, we only lost one. You lost two. We lost one. You lost two. I, your record was 10 and 2. Well, what was the second one? Because I don't remember it. <laughs> Alex said the same thing. <laughs> I remember losing one. That was like or like right in the middle of the night. Anyway, either two games. That was still pretty good. Um, Yeah, I think that'll do me this week. Alex, your shout-out, sir. Give a shout-out to the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire that is Trophy Horse, our fantastic community. Uh, thank you all very much. For Tricky, did you do the questions, the community questions that you posted? I did not. Ooh. Hold on. Ooh. Hold yeah, on. you did. 
Yeah, I Hold saw on. it up there. I said we were recording. He posted with it, but later. he he didn't he didn't read yeah. them out. And I also didn't do this. If you're looking, oh, wrong one. Ah, no, damn wrong it. one. <laughs> How long have you been doing the show? Professional. That's, that's, oh. Time to check my Last thing he thinks about. Wow. See, listeners, you thought you were going to get out of a show without it. D- Daryl, uh, what's your opinion on it? Why I bring up the questions? Because there's uh, a lot of decisive. Well, people like it, people don't like it. I think you should. I think you should do it. I think you should always play the uh, the soundbite. Look, man. To the questions. Sometimes the fans don't know what they what they need until you tell them. You know what I'm saying? So like, we had we had a bunch of people write in and say, hey, we, you know, the dubstep's a little loud. You know, it's a little obnoxious. So you know what we did? We doubled down. Man. And now, and now, if there's an episode, kid you not, if there's an episode where there's no dubstep played from Trophy Pops, I'll get a message. Hey, man, I really missed the dubstep this week. Or if someone's not, if someone edits the show that's not me, and they don't put it in, I get a message. Yep, you missed the Trophy Pop on seven point three six. Yeah, blah blah blah. So. All right, so let's go through the questions real quick. Uh, Zachary Alexander Lefford left a message saying, are you excited that Daryl passed you in Platts again? I responded by saying, can't be excited about something that didn't happen. And then Zach said, if it did, you would have known if you showed up to record last night. I showed him a screenshot and it says, can't believe everything that man says for the internet. And Zach says, well, somebody played some rat trash today. I said, same thing as he has played. <laughs> yes, but so, see. So basically, so at the time of their recording, he was ahead of you. No, at the time of the recording, we were tied. We were tied, according to he PSN. He technically never passed me. So that's where the PSN profiles thing got brought up, because I that's what I use, right? I usually keep PSN profiles brought up. I've got, you know, my on my phone, on my iPad, on my uh, PC, everything. And I was looking at it, and it said he had 349 Platinums. I was like, okay, that's easy. I passed him, and I stopped at 351. And then when he didn't make it on the show, because I was going to do a whole bit about it, when he didn't make it on the show, I was just kind of looking through the app, comparing our stuff, what we've played recently. And he was at 351. Yeah. So I go back to his profile, and it says he had like 83 or 87 like trophies hidden. I was like, ah. I forgot he cheats. I mean, <clears throat> needs exceptions. Uh, Daryl responded by saying he was so excited he ran out and rat trashed it up today. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, and then Levi says, would Tricky Mick know a good game if it jumped up and bit him on the arse? No. Nope. I mean. Okay, so those questions. All right. Good. Out. Alex, your shout out. Uh, give a shout out to, uh, as I was saying, the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire. There's trophy horse. Thank you to our community for keeping us going. Because without you guys, um, there is no show anymore. So you guys, you all are the the gasoline that uh, that is driving this car, whether you, you like it or not. Um, I give a shout out to Daryl for coming on. Always great to have Daryl on. Thank you for spending some of your, well, a large chunk of your Saturday night. Or Saturday night, your Sunday night with us when you could have possibly been doing something more entertaining. Yep. <laughs> Playing rat trash. You saved me from I, it. I, I don't know. I We brought you, I mean, or at least Tricky did because Deal and I didn't have anything to do with it. Brought you into the nest where Tricky was going to sit here and shit talk you all the time. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. I'm tough. I I got thick enough skin. I can handle it. Shout out to Tricky and to Yield for recording tonight. Sorry, Yield, your, your Bengals couldn't pull it through. That's all right. I I didn't think they'd even make it to overtime, so they did do that. I give a shout-out to my loving and awesome girlfriend, Ashley. I love you, honey. Um, did Christmas with the kids this weekend because the kids are going to their dad's house 
next weekend, so we had to do an early Christmas with them. Um, as always, I work late Friday night, and she got it all set up and, and it did everything, wrapped all the presents, made everything look nice, so she pulled it through with flying colors, as she always does, so I love you, honey. Uh, and the the probably one of the few, if not the only time that I will ever mention anyone besides, after Ashley on my shouts, give a shout-out to Sid and Mandy, uh, and again, a very happy birthday to Sophie. Um, you know, all, all the dinosaur jokes. Uh, I also like dinosaurs, but it was, it's, it's, uh, great of tricky to set that up. And, you know, I understand that this day every year has got to be tough on Sid and Mandy, but we're thinking of you all. And, uh, we're just glad that you all not only came into our lives, but also that you were willing to share Sophie's story with us. So uh, I want to give a shout out to you all. And especially again, a third round of happy birthday to Sophie. I'm my, uh, excuse me. Wow, my voice is cracked there. Puberty. I want to give a shout out, to Sweet yeah, Mama D. Hate it when that happens. Uh, shout out to the goddess who uh, saved me from having to go on a horrible show last night. Uh, shout out to Alex and Yield for putting up with my uh, idea of doing the size dinosaur jokes. I know it drove Yield a little bit crazy. Maybe actually hates. didn't drive me crazy. Just some of them were just like some of them were good. I chuckled. Some of them were just like. <laughs> You, you know that the uh, price is right when you get it wrong. That's what I wanted to play. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Daryl, what sport is a brontosaurus good at? Um, Volleyball. Squash. Nobody got it. Squash. Why, we didn't. Squash. You said okay. tw- twat. Really? <laughs> I swear, that's what it's like. You can't you leave an opening like that for Daryl. Uh, like a toy. Right. Here's a good Christmas joke. Also, uh, dinosaur joke. Alex, me. What is what is a dinosaur's least favorite reindeer? It's certainly not twat. <laughs> Comet. Ah, but what in a meteor? Oh, that's effed up. That's too soon. <laughs> Are, uh, aren't and, they kind of the same thing? And yield, what is found in the middle of dinosaurs? Anatomically? Whoa, Dwight. The letter. The well, letter. it depends. What dinosaur are we talking about? No, what is found in the middle of dinosaurs? Which one? The letter S. Ah. Uh. Shout out to the community. Thanks for listening. Uh, putting up with our dinosaur jokes. Uh, and the best thing you can do if, if you see a T-Rex, hope he doesn't see you. Until next week, happy trophy hunting. Later. Later. Later.
The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. How many dinosaurs can jump higher than a house? I don't know. All of them. Houses can't jump. Ah. <laughs> Alex, how do you know if there's a dinosaur in your fridge? In my bridge or under my bridge? Oh, in, in my fridge. fridge. Dinosaurs can't fit in fridge. Well, I guess it's a compi. A compi it can, but I don't know all the noise. All the right. If your butter's gone. No, the door won't close. Jeez. But a compi could fit, I think, and well, maybe I think a compi could fit in the fridge. All right, and uh, why why do museums ex- exhibit old dinosaur bones yield? Because the new ones are too fresh. Close, because they can't afford new ones. Wow, these these potentially these progressively got worse. <laughs> <laughs>